The Max Level Podcast for August 26, 2019 is made possible by Level Down Games. Check us out over at leveldowngames.com for the latest reviews and brand new episodes of both Max Level, a video game podcast every Monday, and BG Mania, a video game music podcast every Wednesday. On with the show. The following episode has been paid for by the New World Order. Wait a second. No, it hasn't. This is Max Level. This is Level Down Games. Well, The Rock says this. Big Show, you come on down. You do all that all you want, Undertaker. You come on down. Die, die, die. And all that stupid crap over and over and over again. The Rock says this. He has said it before. He will say it again. When you live by the dirt, you die by the shovel. Who's he talking to when he says these things? Himself. When he's... <laughs> that's the worst stealth spy ever. <laughs> His phone's going off. <laughs> he's like, oh man, my phone's ringing. And the normal lackey that's guarding the, the tank or whatever is like, did you guys hear that? That sounds like solid snakes. Uh, very distinct uh, ringtone. I know, he's the only one who doesn't turn his freaking codec on silent on missions. It's like that dude, I went to a movie the other day and this dude, this dude did like the triple cardinal sins. He He's sitting in my chair and we bought like assigned seating. I walk up to him and I'm like, hey man, I think that's my seat. He's like, nope. <laughs> it was one of so, those fancy movie theaters, huh? So, so he effed up twice, right? And then I showed him my ticket. He's like, oh, okay, okay. All right, my bad, my bad. So he just goes over to another random seat. He sits down and then we're like three minutes into the movie starting and his phone's going off like full blast and he picks it up. <laughs> He's like, hey man, I'm in the movie right now. I was like, you son of a bee, man. Like what is happening right now? <laughs> it's why I hate going to the movies. Solid Snake is that guy that doesn't sit in his assigned seat and then answers his phone during the movie. The obnoxious moviegoer. Yep. Ridiculous, man. But if you didn't know, this is Max Level, a weekly video game podcast brought to you by Level Down Games. For those just joining us, welcome home. Max Whoa! Level is a breakfast powwow between four friends this week three, wrapped up in an all-purpose gaming show. On today's episode, it is Gamescom Information Overload, baby. We'll discuss the latest Stadia Connect, go in-depth with Rad, and Frank continues his adventures in Legends of Araya. From there, we have a ton of game announcements and information in the weekly wrap-up and one of the busiest weeks of the year thus far in the new releases. We'll discuss the Nintendo Indie World Showcase, Greedfall, Death Stranding, and Disintegration, the new game coming from the co-creator of Halo. I'm your host, Brian, and joining us this week, we have Spider-Man. No, wait, it's Frank. Hey, guys. Over there in the booth, it's Spider-Man. No, wait, it's Sean. What? How's you it both, going? Uh, you both shared pictures of yourselves dressed as Spider-Man. And both of we us did. are leaving the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> I figured... With Tom Holland out of the picture, I could kind of interject in. my my Miles Morales costume there, you know. Maybe reintroduce your old uh, costume you made by hand. Yeah, man, I hand painted that sucker when I was a loser and had no nothing else going for me. <laughs> Unfortunately, Kyle wasn't able to be here with us. Uh, he's working this week. Special shout out to Dance with the Dead for allowing us to use their music for our content. Everyone absolutely needs to go check these guys out and support their music. They can be found on Bandcamp, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube pretty much everywhere. Check them out. You will not be disappointed. 
Don't forget to head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever listening to us and leave that five-star rating so we continue to climb the charts in terms of search results. I want to start off this week. Like I said, we're, we are going to be having a lot of Gamescom information just throughout the entire show. It's going to be a mess of Gamescom stuff because a lot of things happened over the past week that are worth talking about. And I want to kick things off with what I thought is one of the biggest stories coming out of Gamescom. And that's the most recent Stadia Connect. Nah, exactly. What the hell? I did a reaction video for this and it's up on our YouTube channel and our website, LibanonGames.com, if you want to check out what I thought more in depth than what we may go into here. But I do want to spend a few minutes on this. Uh, Sean, I know that you've seen bits and pieces of it here and there. But Frank, you said something interesting to me the other day that I want to start off with. And that was you were potentially going to cancel your Founders Edition pre-order. Yeah, man. When you're presenting to a major audience and you can't get it right, what kind of confidence does that inspire in me? Like, wh why am I going to shell money out for you guys or something? Like, this is Google. Okay, Google scraps projects all the time. Uh, I'm, I really don't want to be left holding the bag on this one. And there is a good chance that that will happen now. <laughs> now that we know, like, there's a good chance. <laughs> I, I mean... It's not a lot of money, but it's a good chunk. I would I pay 120 bucks, I believe, for founders. That's a lot of Popeye's chicken sandwiches, man. One, 129, so 130. It's not going to break the bank, but it's it's a lot of money. I could, I, I, that's potentially three games. I, I have zero confidence in right now. This is where you should be freaking shining, like in front of everyone. I felt the same way about Borderlands Three, although I'm willing to bite the ball on, on, on just a game. <laughs> Walking machine guns, right? <laughs> uh, I, you know, it's so, so let's, let's back up two steps. I apologize. I'm not trying to Shanghai the show. Help me understand what they did wrong for those of us who didn't get to catch the Stadia Connect. What, so what if you, is, if you didn't watch the, the full thing, you missed out on their lack of information leading into the launch in November. They didn't do anything to still convince people that were on the fence that this is something that they need to have. The information wasn't there. They showed off a couple new games coming to Stadia, like Cyberpunk 2077, and that was cool, the fact that it's coming to Stadia. But here's the issue. Every time that they displayed gameplay footage, it was laggy. It was buggy. The frame rates dropped significantly. Like the and to the point where people on Twitter, I had to check live and it's you can actually see me doing it in my reaction video. I had to look to see if other people were noticing the fact that the trailers were skipping frames and and not looking as good as they should. And I don't know if that was a problem with the editing of the video because it is a connect, you know, it's it's a direct style video. So these things are produced in advance. So whatever software they use, be it you know, Sony Vegas or Adobe Premiere or whatever they used. I don't know if there was an issue implementing the trailers into the video. And then when they exported it out, if maybe it had problems, because I've run into that before making videos in Adobe Premiere. You know, that's something that I have dealt with countless times. And when that happens, I have to make a whole new video because I don't want to put that out. I don't know, maybe if they didn't notice and that is what happened. And of course, they're not going to tell us. That was the big point I wanted to make. This wasn't a live this is this is a connect video and 
they, they couldn't get it right. Can you imagine if I saw this live? If, if this would have been live, everywhere we would have canceled their things. Exactly. And, and you know, they're not going to tell you. They're not going to tell us, oh, hey, you know, the video just was messed up. Don't worry about it. And I, I don't think they did. I haven't seen anything come out of it since. You know, before going into this, there was a lot of people that weren't sold. Now, there's a lot of people that were kind of thinking about getting Connect, like Frank, that are now saying, man, I don't think I'm going to get Connect right now. And I'm just going to play the wait and see because this was just the Founders Edition. That's the only thing that costs the 130. Yeah. If you're if you're willing to wait three months, it's available on your PC using a Chrome extension. You don't have to pay anything for that. It's free and you can still access Stadia through means that aren't going to break the bank of $130. Yeah, you're not getting that sweet looking blue controller, for which is exclusive to the Founders Edition, but you still can use Stadia features. So basically, it looked like they downloaded it off of AOL 5.0. Sort down. of, yeah, basically. <laughs> and it was it was really weird, man. Like I, you would, like I said, I wish they would have came out and said what happened because it was definitely noticeable to a majority of people watching it. And I would like to say probably everyone noticed it. Some people may be willing to give it a pass, but I did notice a lot of chatter on social media about the fact that they couldn't even get that right. So, and and again, they didn't have enough information on other things. They were very vague, right? It, it didn't yeah. instill confidence in you because they didn't give you specific details is what they correct. All right. Yeah. Why well, no, not? Sh they showed like a giant picture of like their huge server room with like, complete with the stadia logo projected onto the ground with what looked like a light projector and a, like a leco up there and all that and it looked really nice but what they didn't show you is that all of those are plugged into a potato right <laughs> <laughs> the magic jack in the walls like hanging out barely <laughs> i haven't seen stadia they've been advertising a lot lately i've been seeing them like, commercials on tv not just like, oh, wow, really? like, normally i would see them like as little quick hits between youtube videos but I've been seeing like videos like on True TV. Oh, wow. See, I, I, I don't watch enough TV to notice that they're, you know, hardcore advertising. And you would yeah, I assume that they are. So I would think that that's a good move. I, I only watch like three TV channels. So <laughs> Hallmark Channel, Food Network and what? What else? You know, you know, for sure. It's the Food Network. No, it's kidding. <laughs> uh, actually, the Food Network is one of them. Uh, I do like their shows. <laughs> I love them, too. True, True TV and USA. Good man. Good man. I can dig it. They um they just spent the entire time on mostly recycled information and not really showcasing why people need to go out there and sign up for Stadia this November. And that's what this should have been. You know, we are what, three months out, roughly, depending on when in November it comes out. If it comes out at the beginning of November, we're technically almost only two months away. Since we are, you know, this episode posts on the 26th, you know, this is the final week of August. Wow, November is that close, isn't it? Yeah, well, if this thing comes out the first week of November, we're two months away in the first week of September. I'm so, so fast. It wow. does. It does. And they didn't do enough to display, like, you know, if it comes out the end of November, there's still three months. But even still, three months is such a small amount of time when you're launching this new service and... You need to have people there to support it. You need to have people signing up. Most of the information we heard was mostly just new or old information with little new information and especially little new games being announced for the platform. Again, Cyberpunk 2077 was their marquee thing that they had to showcase, which is why they spent so much time on it there at the beginning. But 
it would have been cool for them to announce maybe some new exclusives or something to get people excited for why that they should be signing up for this in November. And they didn't utilize that correctly. I know how to fix it. Okay, perfect. Because they need help. I think a lot of people are skeptical because so far you've seen Stadia in a controlled environment. And we all know that our homes or where we're going to play Stadia is anything but controlled. The internet speed fluctuates depending on where you're at in the neighborhood, depending on what your data cap is, depending on how much you actually pay for with your internet, or if your magic jack is still in service or not. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think what they need to do is send out some press kits, send out some founders editions with uh, one month free early access for like, do like a five day or three day stress test. And just let all of the major gaming outlets test the service as if they were playing at home and let them play at different places. Play play on a public Wi-Fi and see how bad it does. Play at home, play on your phone, play whatever, and then let them cover it. I think the problem is, is that everyone that's ever disseminated information on Stadia up until this point has been Google. And as much as we want to trust Google, we can't. Because they have the best of the best to test this. And we're not going to be playing in an ideal environment. You know what I mean? Like if they sent you a dev kit, Brian, and they were like, hey, level down games, play this for three days. Let us know what you think. When you're done, send it back and we'll give you um, or, or, you know, when you're done, keep it and we'll give you like, you know, a week to cover it when it launches. That would be a good a good call. And it doesn't cost them a lot of money because like we talked about, it's only one hundred twenty nine bucks. So it's not a big deal, right? You would think. You would think, but they're not going to do that. And that's the part that doesn't instill the confidence that I would want to see. Is they're not going to do that for anyone. They're just going to do it for like maybe one. Like they'll contact... IGN or something and be like, okay, I was going to say they'll, 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 they'll definitely send and, and that's what they all do. Sony, Microsoft, they'll send it to the the bigger outlets. And then that's how they get their, you know, like the launch day reviews type stuff for certain things. But th- something like this. Yeah, they're definitely not going to send out a bunch of media kits to get everybody talking, though, that they should, because it is something new and something that needs to be tested and, and seen and Everyone needs to know, Okay, I trust this particular website. They got something. So maybe maybe I'm okay spending one hundred and thirty dollars to sign up for this and test it out this November. Well, what's hilarious about my idea is that you're sending it to quote unquote commoners. But we all know people who are even remotely close to covering our industry, whether it's bloggers, vloggers, people like us who have a website and podcasts and other services. Your hardware is no slouch. Like you still have really good internet because you have to. It's what you do. So if you send it out to quote unquote the community of gamers, then you're you're kind of testing it in an optimal environment still because you're sending it to people who have really good internet speeds, uh, who who you know specifically play games, who can you know kind of be more forgiving for some of the technical issues because they know what they're getting out of it. So. Things like that, send like it, if you can send get it to, send it to me, I, my, my yeah. internet is like one megabyte per day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually doing story. this podcast at the library right now on their internet. So I mean, send it to me, right? <laughs> Free Wi-Fi at the library. They need the gaming community to embrace this, and you got to figure it out somehow because we're not going to embrace it for 129 dollars if we're unsure. Right. And at this point now, I mean, what? Again, it's end of August. 
we are going to have probably one more Stadia Connect before the thing officially launches. And it's going yeah. to be like the launch hype Stadia Connect. Like this is the one that's going to come out a week or two prior to this thing officially launching in November. So we're talking maybe late October, early November is going to be our next Stadia Connect. And that's their last chance. And I think even that one is going to be too late to convince the masses. This was right. the one to convince the masses. Now, most people are going to just kind of play the wait and see game and see, OK, well, how is the experience for those that are going to still pick this up regardless in November and and test it out? So we'll have to wait for the hands on impressions and like, you know, the the stuff to pop up on Reddit and reset era and all these message boards that we frequent to really get an understanding of how it works out in the in the wild, because it's what it's going to take at this point. Well, we'll see the great mysteries of life, the great mysteries of life. Let's talk about some games we've actually played over the past week, though. I want to start off with something that I think a lot of us here, actually all of us, were excited for on the Maxwell podcast and shout out to our friends at Bandai Namco. I have been playing rad over the past week. Yeah. And remember last week when we talked about in the Metacritic game, how, you know, a lot of the scores like, you know, both Sean, Frank, you two, and then Kyle, who isn't on the show this week, all were like 70 and below in terms of hype on thinking what this game was going to come in at. I gave it a 76. I think I'm kind of more in line with my own thinking on on where I'm falling with this game because I am finding a lot of things to enjoy here. And I think that they did a lot of things right, but it does still kind of get boring at times. But I think that that's okay. So Rad is, Frank, if you think about it in, I guess, like simplest terms, it's a roguelike, but it has a lot of aspects to things like Binding of Isaac or Hades, if you play that the exclusive on the Epic Game Store. Uh, exclusive or, until December 10th. It's coming to Steam early access. Yeah, I actually saw hey. that. I actually saw that. That's pretty cool. And then uh, more re- more recently, last year, you and I fell in love with Dead Cells. It's, you know, a gameplay that is similar to that where you are going on these runs. So you start out by selecting a character and you enter the world and then you go until you die. And then when you die, you start over. And the entire point is to get stronger, get better, get more equipment that's going to help you out along the way and just keep going. But the the one thing that they do that's different that I enjoy is that your character can mutate because as we made a joke about last week when we talked about the new releases, Rad is set in a post post apocalyptic world. It's like the second post apocalypse and this like there's this like toxic waste everywhere, just junk and trash. And it's it's a desolate place and it's like a very radioactive apocalyptic place. So as you're going out there, you're doing battle with these enemies that are giving off radiation, that are giving off all this like That's bad what Rad stuff. Means. Yeah, you didn't know that? No, I'm <laughs> uh, I thought the game was like radical. Oh, no, no. I, I think it's meant to be like based off of radiation. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking anyway. And I don't know that they've actually ever officially said that. But yeah, I think that that's exactly what it stands for. But your character can mutate and these mutations allow you to do different things, do different diff- uh, abilities, act in different ways. And it's actually pretty cool because... 
you know, there's a mutation that will turn you into a flaming skull and you can throw you throw it around, detonate it, do all these different things. I there's another one that just makes your character. I like playing as Thrasher and he's the one with the green mohawk Thrasher. When he mutates, he just gets stronger and bigger because he runs around with his baseball bat and you just start doing more damage. So they're unique to the characters as well. And there's 10 different characters to play as you start with five and then you have to unlock five as you go. I enjoyed that aspect of it. I enjoy doing different things. I enjoy the the combat, the gameplay like that stuff is fun to me. What isn't fun and what I kind of run into that I knew that I would after playing the alpha so many months ago is that and maybe I just maybe I'm not far enough. Maybe there's areas that I am waiting to come across that are really going to blow me away. But a lot of the scenery gets boring quick. A lot of the areas don't feel varied enough. A lot of the areas just feel copy pasted in there, so to speak. And that's where it it bugs me a little bit because, you know, just getting to like the the second, third, fourth areas and third worlds. It's like, man, I've just I've seen all this stuff already. So that's kind of where I run into things like I, I wish there was more variation in terms of scenery, in terms of locales that we get to visit instead of everything just being a radioactive post apocalyptic waste. And I get it. That's your world. That's the world that they live in. But it doesn't mean that I'm not going to get bored with that after even just a handful of hours of the game. But it's enough to look past. Like I said, the combat is fun. And that's why I right now I'm kind of falling in like the mid seven range for this game. I haven't officially written the review yet, but I will soon. I, I like the combat and the combat is enough to keep me coming back and playing this game. Frank, I think you I think you would enjoy it to an extent. The soundtrack is incredible and we knew it would be. Ever since the uh, ever since the first trailer, we knew it would be good. I mean, it looks good. I just, you know, it is. It's a it's, it's a colorful game. Like there's a lot of things going on. The the art palette that they chose to use and all the things that are happening. It is a colorful game. It does look good. You're absolutely right. And it looks good in motion. Like I didn't notice any really like technical issues or anything that was causing this game to perform terribly. It's just that sometimes it gets boring. Sometimes the enemies, you know, you're going to run into the same enemies over and over and over again. That's just personal complaints, but still complaints that I've seen other people talking about as well. A lot of uh, customization as well, because you earn cash and floppy disks and that kind of stuff as you're out there in the world. That's what they use. So one of the things that they use for uh, currency, but or tapes or whatever they're called, whatever they call them in game. But a lot of ways to customize your character and upgrade things as well. So there's a lot of customization there too. I want to spend more time with this. I haven't had enough time to spend with it over the past week. I really wanted to dive into it more, but as you're going to see, as we get to the new releases this week and it's, it's, it's crazy. This is definitely, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, one of the biggest weeks we've had in a long time. And I've been playing a few things that come out this week already which is why a lot of my time has been kind of diminished over the past week or so. But I'm still having fun with this. I I still want to get back to it. I still want to actually finish it, write the review and see what else there is to offer. All right, guys, I want to talk about something special that Level Down Games gets to be a part of. You all know Kyle, who is normally with us here on the Max Level Podcast, as well as over on his streams at twitch.tv forward slash Bruce underscore deduce every Tuesday, Thursday and either Saturday or Sunday. 
Next month on September 21st and 22nd, he's hosting a charity event on Twitch with several different streamers involved. So far, it's around six or seven, with potentially more set to be announced at a later date. And some of them are even verified with significant audiences of their own. They'll be raising money for the Las Vegas PBS Special Needs Library, as Kyle himself is a pediatric doctor of physical therapy in Las Vegas. We encourage everyone listening to participate in the Streamworks Alliance charity stream next month on September 21st and September 22nd. Information can be found by going to leveldowngames.com and clicking on Streamworks Alliance there in the menu bar. We'll see you there. Here we go. Hello, and Brian. How are you? Angus, how are you, son? How are you? Oi, oi, I'm doing all right. I'm, uh, I'm nursing my hip last night. Oh, what'd you do? Oh, oh, let me tell you. I was over there playing that uh, Dance Dance Revolution. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Not as limber as I once was, eh? Not as, who, who said that, Toby Keith? Not as good as I once was, but uh, you're as good once as you ever was or something like that. Aye, yeah, he's right. That's wisdom right there. So what what are you doing? What can I do for you? I, I need the intro. I need the intro to uh, to Tavern Talk, and only you can do it. You know, Brian, I'm not a piece of meat, eh? I mean, you I like to look talk like to one. you. I just come on here, and I always do the same song and dance. You, you, it's I, a little I, tiring. I, I just need the intro, Angus. Come on, Angus, just do it for him. Hey, stop yelling. Hey. All right, laddies, come on in, sit on down, grab yourself a pint, and get ready for tales of glory and revelry. This is Tavern Talk. Angus, you need to, uh, you need to get used to this because <laughs> I hate to tell you, starting next week, Tavern Talk's going to be a regular segment because we're going to be spending a lot of time with Warcraft Classic. <laughs> I hate to tell you, Brian, but this is a bunch of bullcrap. I don't even have any benefits. You got benefits. Oh, are you Heath Slater? Aye. Oh, at least you're doing you something. Me. At least you're doing something. I'm a one-man band. <laughs> Lord knows you're not being used on TV. <laughs> oh man, I think you, I think you offended him a little bit. Yeah, he's yeah. gone. For, he's he's gone for the week. He's gone that for the week. We'll see you next week, Angus. We'll see you next week. All right. All right. See you later, buddy. Frank, you have also been spending a significant amount of time this week in Legends of Araya, which you and I talked about last week a little bit. I, unfortunately, did not really get a chance to put too much more time into this over the week. Uh, I, I was hoping to, and I did log into it, and I definitely messed around with more of my skills as a fighter. Uh, I tried to expand outside of the main city. I, I played for about two or three hours one night just because, you know, I actually had nothing else to do at the time and figured, why not? Because I need what, to play some city? more. The I, the the one that up in the north. I don't even remember the name of it at this point. Screw you, Northerners, okay? I'm from the south side. There's four, there's, uh, there's four cities, as we talked about last week. There's four starting points. And you and I started on opposite ends of the map because the, the goal was that eventually we would be able to meet somewhere and, like, you know, actually battle one another, but then potentially play together as well after that just to see, you know, just, you know, like for fun. It, it would be fun. But as of right now, I'm assuming that your character is significantly more powerful and even still, it's probably not even powerful on the grand scale of things because... Oh, not even close. Yeah, I, I'm, I don't even know what level cap is, or but I know you're not probably not even a tenth of the way there. But tell me about your adventures in Legends of Araya. What have you been doing over the past week? So uh, I've been focusing more so on my animal taming. 
Okay. Uh, so I've been working my way up as to what I can tame. So I started off as low level as you can, taming like chickens and rats and turkeys. Like that was my army. And eventually I've gotten better. I started taming the giant rats that you find out in the fields. Yeah. Uh, which are a good source of gold just for people who need to make some money along the way. Um, I started taming the giant rats. And then I started getting uh, t- taming more wild animals like foxes and uh, eventually taming like deer. So getting bigger game uh, still along the way. Anytime you go into the woods, there's tons of coyotes. There's tons of wolves and bears and they will tear you to bits. Oh, my. Do you are you actually leveling up as you tame? Yes. Oh, OK, so that is a legitimate way of earning experience and actually progressing your character. Yeah, so uh, I've, I've been working on that. Uh, I spent oof, maybe a good six hours taming horses. OK, just trying to get like better horses or a certain horse. Just horses in general, just literally finding wild horses out in the wild. And it keeps going. Oh, you have like almost no chance of taming an animal. Yeah. So you're telling me there's a chance. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Did you actually eventually tame one? I tamed five uh, okay. at once. So I had five horses following behind me. Gotcha. Uh, and anytime I come up to an enemy, you could command them all to like attack for you or protect for you. I was like, all kill so-and-so. And they, they just stomp, stomp, stomp these bad boys to death. Uh, all right. I always, had, I always had five horses out to fight a bear. The bear would probably kill two of them. Uh, not to say I really care. Is it five things that you can always have out at a time? Yes. Okay. Okay. So you can have a combination of like a horse and a fox and a bear. It, like it just it depends on what you want to play as. You can't. So, trust me. Sometimes my team up goes out there and gets slaughtered, and I am taming anything I can along the way to protect me. I'm like, oh, here's a random chicken. You're gonna take a hit from me, buddy. Um, but where I was lacking in the game uh, is actually how you started. I had no fighting skills. Yeah. Uh, so I I was relying heavily, heavily, heavily upon these animals to protect me. And I'm going out and I'm going into like sewers. I'm going to do missions where I have to fight things. And my, I have, like, on a, a base skill in the game is 20. My skills in these things were one or two. Uh, so I went out and actually joined a fighter's guild just to learn their skills. And I got that. And they have training dummies. And I sat there, let, let my game sit for a half an hour while it fought a training dummy and brought myself up to a 30. Um, I learned metal smithing as well in the game and carpentry. So I've, I've been building my own weapons. So I made myself a nice sword, some decent gear, uh, upgraded my bow. And I've been taking there's uh, mission masters, or I guess, or quarter masters, whatever you want to call them, who hand out like bounties, like go do th- go here and do this, go there and do that. So I've been going out and exterminating bears and wolves and bandits. So that's that's been the gist of what I'm doing, but I'm slowly building myself up to the point where I can start to try to tame bears. I have not been successful in taming a bear yet. Uh, In fact, each time I've tried, they've gotten to the point of agitation where they go and they damn near slaughter my whole party. Um, You should have like a bunch of chickens like Link does. I think you could do it at that point if you tame like five chickens and you I just have, roll up. And- I, I, I legit have got, got up to them. I was assuming like they'd be so tired from eating all that delicious meat. That, <laughs> he'd, want to, he'd want to join me and be my friend. Your, your inner role player. He's like, you know what, man? You got them good chickens. I'm coming with you. <laughs> but like, like Brian says, I'm nowhere near 
where I want to be, uh, level-wise. Because I'm, I'm walking there, and I see someone just, you know, these are, they, they call them your pets when you tame them. So, like, you're like, oh, here's Furta's pets. And then I see someone just walking by with a dragon. I'm like, oh, great. Uh, that's what I want. I want the damn dragons. That's what I used to have when I played Ultima Online. I had two dragons and then, and then some things. Uh, and I know that's later level in the game. But then I see somebody who has, like, a really awesome, shiny, silverish looking spider. I'm like, yo, I want a spider. I want more than just a damn friggin' fox and great deer. Like, I need these things in my life. So uh, I went down to uh, the sewers where I know there's some more. Uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for here? Variation. More, more variation, more, more, some more savory uh, enemies. Because you, you can actually tame things that are enemy. Yeah, you know, so. I think you could tame trolls if you get really, really good, but I'm nowhere near that. I, I think that's like top tier. Uh, but I went down, I went down there, and they had like bat, like big, big giant bats flying. I'm like, yo, that'd be badass. If I'm walking around town, and I have like these big monster bats following me. Like, oh, I'll look cool as hell. And the bats killed me because I couldn't fight them. <laughs> Not only are you a hot dog, a grandstander, a showboat, and a prima donna, but you're a liar too. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can do it, man. I don't know. I I will eventually. It just it's taming is one of the harder things to level up in because I think you only get credit on well you you, you, get, you get partial credit even if you fail, but you really only kind of level up when you do successfully uh, tame something. And to tame something, I have to have out I have to hold the shepherd's crook and hold it up for like I think it's like ten seconds. So. It's, it's a slow process because each attempt is 10 seconds. Some things will take like 10, 15 attempts to tame. So I'm wasting minutes just trying to tame a friggin' stupid animal. That, whereas if I were fighting, I would be getting experience a lot faster because it'd be each round of combat. Right, right. But I, I, I will get there. I, I, I want to put way more time into this. I've just been super ultra crazy busy because I'm a dummy and I like to do overtime because I want to get paid. But it all goes out the window next week. The all goes out the window next week when I, when I want to become an orcish barbarian and start destroying uh, <laughs> my path. This universe is finite. Its resource is finite. If life is left unchecked, life will cease to exist. That's what's going to happen when WoW Classic comes out. I, You guys talk about Legends of Orion. It just makes me want to play WoW and, and role-playing games because... A Legends of Arias sounds like a lot of fun. I just haven't gotten a chance to dive into it yet, but it just sparks that that like fantasy esque D and D like personality side of me. Yeah, and I feel like I'm gonna take it all out on WoW Classic. Life ends. <laughs> life ends. Life ends. Uh, the day this podcast posts, if you're able to get in on the server, is the day of. If you don't have any login queues, if you're able to just bypass that all and start playing, man. Uh, 6 p.m. Eastern tonight, 3 p.m. Pacific. While classic servers officially go up. Mm, man, that's going to be wonderful. May the rest of your uh, free time rest in peace. Exactly. Yeah. We'll have a lot to say next week here on Tavern Talk about WoW Classic. Uh, probably just us bitching and moaning about server queues and not being able to play. But hopefully... Oh, my childhood. <laughs> hopefully, you know, we'll actually have some gameplay experiences to talk about next week on the we'll show We'll make our well. own server. The cookers on cocaine. <laughs> Make it fun! <laughs> oh, man. Oh, well. Before we get to the game challenge update, it's time for this week's preview of BG Mania, a video game music podcast. We'll be taking a listen to Backed Into a Corner from Shovel Knight, released in 2014 and composed by Jake Kaufman, 
as this week, Frank and myself will be diving into another eclectic mix for Radio Hour Volume 26. Enjoy. Get to catch this week's episode of BG Mania, a video game music podcast, this Wednesday at 5 a.m. Eastern on your favorite podcast app of choice. All right, Frank, let's update the game challenge. Did you finish anything this week? Yes and no. Uh, I can't say I officially uh, beat a new game, but I did okay. play extensively as Nightwolf in Mortal Kombat 11. Oh, so you didn't nice. actually finish anything, but you... Well, I beat, played, I beat you, that game already. I can't count it twice. Yeah, that's but what I, I mean, I, but you can't but, but, but actually... I, I finished his, uh, his, his, one, his, you know, his uh, story mode. Or his he was, he was the, the most recent DLC character, right? Yes, we got a lot of uh, DLC announced to us recently. Yeah, I think they did a lot of announcements at Gamescom, so that's cool. Yeah. Nightwolf, Nightwolf, a character that, uh, you know, that, that I personally have been waiting for because he is one of my favorite Mortal Kombat characters. So does he play good? Is he fun? He's fun. He he might become my new main once I uh, get into him. Nice. Nice. Like, actually, like, like, like once, I, once I gear him up properly is the, is the way I want to phrase that. Right. Um, You should be at 34 games if you didn't finish anything that still leaves you at 33. I myself should be at 68. I only had a chance to finish one game this week. You son of a gun. I know, man. I'm, and I fallen now down to two games behind. I was only one game behind. Now I'm two games behind. But I finally went back and finished Etherborn. Nice. Oh, thank God. Did you beat it both ways? I did not. I did not get the platinum. I did not do the new game plus mode yet, but I did finish the first new game. I, I honestly, though, when you do get the chance, new game plus is definitely worth the play. I'm definitely going to do it. I would like to get the platinum because it is, you know, it is an easy platinum to get. I mean, it's just no, no, another. No, no, no. It is not an easy platinum to get. When I, I feel like it is. When I say it's worth a play, <laughs> New Game Plus is hard. No, I, and it should be hard because the initial experience was hard, especially when you got to World 4 and 5. Uh, I did, by the way, I remember you saying last time we talked about it, uh, World 5, I greatly enjoyed the aesthetic of the fifth world. Oh, yeah. I think that uh, it was definitely the best designed one in terms of the way that you navigated the world and the puzzles that they had there. But their usage of the acid to give it the green glow and the purple was really cool. So it, it definitely had elements of like retro wave type color palettes I'm that gonna, we enjoy. I'm going to stay on you now. I'm going to bug you the same way I bugged you to play. Uh, uh, hell, uh, Hellblade. Hellblade. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm like, yo, Brian, have you finished uh, game, uh, New Game Plus? Cause, oh, my God. Yeah, I'll definitely get around to it eventually, but probably not anytime in the next few weeks or months, just because I have so much coming. I should be at 68 games, as I said. I, I'm at 66 now, so I'm, I'm too behind. Hopefully, though, that'll be rectified this week, though, because 
with everything coming out and I've been able to kind of put some time into some of the things coming out this week already that I'm hoping I'll be able to knock out at least two or three games this week and, and catch myself back up a little bit. Yeah, while you're waiting for your mana to come back on WoW, you can play games. While I'm waiting to restore mana and theoretically while I'm waiting to log into the servers. <laughs> and when you're looking for group, you yeah. just type LFG and then wait 28 minutes while you play another game. Exactly. Wait, wait for oh, everyone so else good. to ugh, can't wait. That's Can't when you're wait. supposed to work on your professions, though. But we'll let it slide. You can you can do this weekly. Uh, I'll have to I'll have to I'll have to play some other games. Yeah, I have to play some other games. You know, it's just what it is. It's what it is. But let us now take a dive into the weekly wrap up. Most of the stuff you're going to hear in this is more information coming out of Gamescom. But the first story that I want to kick things off with is something massive. Sony Interactive Entertainment has acquired Insomniac Games. The company announced the Burbank based developer is now part of Sony Interactive Entertainment Worldwide Studios, which is their first party label. Insomniac Games developed the Ratchet and Clank series, Marvel Spider-Man, Sunset Overdrive and more. It's incredible news. It's about damn time they pulled the trigger and just purchased them because for a majority of the existence of Insomniac, they've had a working relationship as a second party for Sony. They've always developed their games for PlayStation platforms. They were always exclusive, but Sony never owned them. Then what was it like five years ago? They went off and uh, they made a game for Microsoft and Xbox and PC known as Sunset Overdrive, which was a fun game. But then most recently with Spider-Man last year, they went back to Sony. It's about time Sony just buckled down and purchased the studio because they will make a great first party studio for them. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And if it didn't, Microsoft would have bought them. Microsoft probably would have bought them eventually. You're absolutely right. <laughs> they should have bought them already. They should have bought them after Spider-Man was released. I have to wonder if maybe they tried. Yeah, maybe. I wonder if Microsoft actually maybe tried, but then they, they weren't able to. I don't know. But this is good news for uh, for for PlayStation fans and for Sony fans and for Insomniac Games fans. Because we're going to continue to get amazing games from them. Probably nothing more on PS4. We're more and more looking to the future for PlayStation 5. But that's awesome. And that's great. And this is the first studio that Sony has picked up since like the early 2010s. And because their most recent purchase before this one was Sucker Punch. Yeah. Okay. So it's been a while. And they they purchased Sucker Punch after the success of the Infamous franchise. So... Yeah, it's been a while since Sony actually added to their first party lineup. The PlayStation 4 version of Yakuza 3 is available now via the PlayStation Store in the Americas and Europe as part of the Yakuza Remastered Collection, which is a new announcement. This came out of nowhere and it was a shadow drop when they announced it. So Yakuza 3 Remastered is already available now. And the PlayStation 4 versions of Yakuza 4 and Yakuza 5 will follow on October 29th and February 11th, 2020, respectively. A quote unquote, very limited run physical box set, which is what I'm kind of waiting for and holding out for called the Yakuza Remastered Collection Day One Edition, which will include all three of the games will be released alongside the digital release of Yakuza 5 on February 11th, 2020. This is awesome. So this now completes the collection. Every Yakuza game is now available on PS4. What about Yakuza 6? Yakuza 6 was released officially on PS4. Oh, okay. These are just remakes. Okay, I was going to say. Yeah, these are the, these are the I, remastered I, 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 I slash remakes. Were, I, I thought there was going to be a, a total compilation. Okay, maybe. Uh, I, don't think, I, I don't think they'll do Yakuza 6 just because it was officially released on PS4. That's fair. Like, that's the first platform it came out on. 
Uh, but this is great news because Yakuza is a fantastic franchise, one that definitely deserves more love and one that definitely deserves to be played by a, a greater and wider audience. So these remastered games have really helped boost its, I guess, reputation, so to speak, in the United States. Uh, glad to see Sega finally release these three here and just complete the package. That's really cool. Xbox Game Pass continues to grow its library. Last week on August 19th, Age of Empires Definitive Edition was added for PC and Ultimate. Devil May Cry 5 was added for console and Ultimate, which is awesome. And Stellaris Console Edition was added for console and Ultimate. Also last week on August 22nd, Ape Out was added for PC and Ultimate and Kingdom Come Deliverance was added for PC, console and Ultimate. Tomorrow on August 27th, the Bard's Tale 4 Director's Cut is being added for PC, console and Ultimate. And finally, on the 30th, which is Friday, Blair Witch is going to be added day and date with its scheduled release on PC, console and Ultimate. I'm going to sign back up to play Blair Witch. Oh, did you let your subscription lapse? I canceled it because there's nothing I wanted to play. So. Yeah, no, I, I plan on signing up for Blair Witch this Friday and that signing up for the month will also allow me to play Gears 5 in two weeks. That's the other reason I was going to say I, those those are the games I'll probably keep for a couple months. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a a good time to have it with those two games coming out. So, yep. Finally. Final Fantasy VIII Remastered will launch for PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC on September 3rd for just $20. I don't know why there's an ex, uh, exclamation point at the end of that. I don't know if I did that or if that's just the uh, the the way that the press release was and it was a mistake. I don't know. <laughs> Square, en- Square Enix announced? I don't know. <laughs> I'm Ron Burgundy. So, so I did that see if you'd read it. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to be coy, but you caught it. You caught the tater. <laughs> I wondered why where that came from. <laughs> this is amazing news, though. Like, I am so happy that this is coming out. And we are literally, this is next week, guys. Final Fantasy VIII Remastered officially launches next week. And it's only 20 bucks. We kind of assumed it would only be $20 because that's the price point that Square Enix launches all of these remastered type games at. But getting confirmation of that's awesome. I will gladly Dude, spend. I I would have spent forty or sixty on this. Oh, Being able to spend sure, twenty I, is fantastic. I am one hundred percent so happy that Square and and uh, Nintendo have made up. Like. Oh, Final the fact Fantasy. That this is coming to Switch. Oh my gosh, dude. This is a perfect Switch title. It's going to look so good on it. It's going to play well on it. Final Fantasy 7, I I really enjoy it on the Switch. I think it's amazing on it. And, and to have a remastered 8 is going to be like 10 times better in my opinion. It's going to be beautiful. No. I can't If they remastered wait. 7 and put it on the Switch kind of like they're doing the version of 8, I would be 100% about that too. But this is well, because you this know the Switch great. can't run the remake of Seven, but at least it could run a remastered version. Which I Man, think nothing's rem- running the remake of Seven right now because it's been it's been in development for seventeen years. Hey, it comes out March. We can wait a little bit longer. <laughs> Episode one. That's fine. There's only going to be two. There's only be two episodes. I'm willing to wait another few years for Episode two. Sure. Heard you. Yeah. Oh, can't wait for next week, though. It's going to be Can't fun. wait. Can't wait. Creature <laughs> in the Well, the top-down pinball-inspired hack-and-slash dungeon crawler from developer Flight School Studio, will launch for Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC via Steam on September 6th. Cool. And I do believe this is going to be a day and date on Xbox Game Pass as well. I think I remember seeing that, so that's something else that we'll have a chance to play next week, 
for signing up for uh, Blair Witch. Sweet. A game that I am super excited about. Action platformer Blasphemous will launch for PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC on September 10th. Publisher Team 17 and developer The Game Kitchen announced. A foul curse has fallen upon the land of Sistodia, or Sistodia, or however you would say that. Susudia. I don't know if that's exactly how you say that either. I'm pretty sure, pretty sure you just had a stroke, Frank, and all of its inhabitants. It is simply known as the Miracle. Play as the Penitent One, a sole survivor of the Massacre of the Silent Sorrow. Trapped in an endless cycle of death and rebirth, it's down to you to free the world from this terrible fate and reach the origin of your anguish. I'm always going to think of Phil Collins now that you said that. <laughs> You're welcome. Whenever, whenever I look at this game, I'm going to just think of him. <laughs> did you guys get a chance to check this out, though? Like the trailer or anything to I look did. at this? Yeah, this it's this is a game that I've been waiting for for a while. So I'm very I've, glad I've, to see I've this. I've been called blasphemous quite often, too. So it's it's great. Yeah. Why? I say bad things in church. I'm sure you do. Man. Well, I want to laugh. You know? That's a bad deal right there, you know? <laughs> I, I'm not even going to joke about it, son. I ain't, I ain't trying to bring that on me. I can't I, I, wait, I, though. All my, all, all my material is written by Sean, so uh, God, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> I, I cannot wait to play this one as well. Like, it that just, looks good. It, it, looks, it looks so good, man. The pixel graphics, like the brutal, epic gameplay. Oh, man, this is going to be fun. And it, it, it reminds me so much of like I always say it all the time, like it's it's a Dark Souls experience. I can't freaking wait to play it, man. I really can't. Another game I'm kind of excited about. And we saw this recently in a uh, state of play. I believe it was for PlayStation. Yeah. Ready Set Heroes will launch for PS4 via the PlayStation Store and PC via the Epic Game Store with cross play support on October 1st for 20 bucks. Uh, this Whoa. is newsworthy. Because I recently saw that uh, Sean Layden, the president of Sony Interactive Entertainment, said that a a lot of their multiplayer outings would start releasing on PC as well as PS4 when they come out. And I think this is the first game to actually do that. That's awesome. That's that's awesome. I love that. If they're going to make it crossplay make it controlled to where they don't have to accommodate a bunch of people at once. Epic Games is a great partner to do it with. I agree. I agree. Did you guys see, though, that um, there was a thing and I and I probably should have spun this into its own segment or own little story, but we'll just we'll just kind of incorporate it into this. And someone actually on Twitter brought it to my attention. But Epic Game Store did kind of a little bit of a, uh, a back a backdoor shady deal, I guess we'll call it. Because there was a game called Dark recently, D-A-R-Q, which is currently on Steam. And Epic Ooblets. tried to, not <laughs> not Ooblets, but it is an Ooblets type of a story. Dark, D-A-R-Q. They tried to get Dark to be exclusive to the Epic Game Store. And the developers turned them down. They said, no, you know, due to prior commitments and other promises that they made, they wanted to release it on as many storefronts as possible. So they didn't want to be exclusive for a set amount of time And this. And I don't know exactly the length of or terms that they would have had to have been exclusive to Epic for since they turned them down. Epic wouldn't let them release their game on the Epic Game Store. <laughs> wow. Take your if, if I can't have it, no one can. Right. That's a really shitty move. That's a really crappy. It's a good game, though. They they cut off their nose despite their face. It got a 77 on Metacritic. It's got a nine, a nine out of 10 on Steam. That's 
that's a game you don't want to miss on. You know what I mean? No, no. I th- the, the developers were following through with commitments that they made to release the game in as many places as possible. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. That's like that's like saying, OK, Sean, you have one of your best products, but you can only sell it at Walmart. But I want to sell it at Target and other stores, too. You're telling me like now Walmart won't carry it because I decided to sell it at Target. Who cares? That's the funny thing about this story. I, I, is I, I, it, I care. Walmart's closer to my home. I prefer well, you know, I know you like those rollbacks, but, you know, for those of us who don't have one within 20 miles of Frank us, does have rolls on his back. You're absolutely right. <laughs> uh, Brian, uh, things. One. Fuck you to audio podcast. <laughs> that was probably one of the hardcore ones that you've ever done. <laughs> you set it. You set it up too perfectly. I had to take it. You no, set I it didn't. up too perfect. Yes, you did. <laughs> you act like it was on the. You, you act like it was like a fifth of uh, a uh, five year old's t ball game, and it was just sitting there on there waiting for you to crush it. Uh, that was not everything for you. You hit I'll, that one. Oh, no, that no, was no, a no. fastball. No, no, no. You. You set that up perfectly. Thank well, you. You know, we make a good team. You <laughs> can both go to hell now. It is a shitty move on Epic, though. It is a shitty move it on is. Epic's part. It is. Uh, you know what? If people, people who go to Epic also frequent Steam, so I get that. But most of the time, I don't log into both. I either shop yeah. at one or the other. I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't get what I don't I don't get what the problem is. If if someone's going to Steam to buy something, they're not going to go check Epic and see if it's the same price or better. You just you buy it on the platform that you're comfortable with. It doesn't matter. So I don't know. It's it's just business. Yeah, I guess it's just best for business. Thanks. Thanks, Triple H. I appreciate that. It's going to be something worth keeping an eye on because, like I said, if it comes out that Epic is strong arming companies and games into being exclusive and not allowing them to hey if you if you don't go exclusive then well you just can't sell your game here i it's going to negatively affect their store i think because i think it's let's, let's, let's hope they're not actually doing that let's hope this maybe is an isolated incident because that would suck i hope it is the first and last time it happens because again like i said if it comes out that they've been doing that i think a lot of consumers that are in support of the epic game store probably will slowly back away from it just because of unethical practices so to speak so we'll have to wait and see no you want to talk about a real we, we can talk about it forever let's talk about this next thing here why, yeah, is, yeah, it a, why is it why is this a tragedy frank this is fantastic mario and sonic at the olympic games tokyo 2020 will launch for <laughs> nintendo switch on november 5th in the americas and november 8th in europe Sega also announced that in addition to Olympic, <laughs> is it because Frank's too big to compete in the Olympics? No, Sega no, also no. announced that in addition to Olympic Games Tokyo 2020 events, which are in 3D, Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games Tokyo 2020 will also feature Olympic Games Tokyo 1964 events, which are in 2D. And it's really cool looking. It looks Take so it good. Away. Take it away, Frank. Tell me why. Now, uh, I posted a meme to you guys, but... Uh, <laughs> One of the promotional pictures was of uh, Wario and Dr. Robotnik. And oh, that, that, that. Okay, 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 okay. okay Wario okay. has a thick forest of Italian body hair. And as the person said, this is some revisionist bullshit that I can't get behind, okay? <laughs> Wario is an Italian icon. He should be sporting his manly bear chest to the world. Dr. Ivan Robotnik, a Russian scientist, doesn't have a Zangief patch down the middle? What is wrong with this world? Do we do we know that that Wario maybe just doesn't practice like waxing? <laughs> I mean, Why would you do that? 
His name. Why? Why wouldn't he? It's landscaping. <laughs> <laughs> why is he so clean? He looks like a shaved wrestler with oil on, almost like it. Maybe that's maybe that's, that's what he not is. Wario. That's we, not Wario. That's that's a render we, of a of know? a big wrestler in WCW versus NWO on the N64. That's what that is. <laughs> he looks like a greased up chicken cutlet. Okay. <laughs> the game looks incredible, though. Like I Except love the 2D that. aspects. Yeah, I don't really care about that. <laughs> Who's gonna play as Wario anyway? Nobody. I am. Nobody. Nobody. Exactly. I rest my case. The yeah, 2D right. You're you're a little too mean to me. All right. Just for that, yeah, you know, Wario. Just, just wait until I'm on the stage. I'm gonna tear you to pieces. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that's gonna happen. The 2D stuff is awesome, though. The 2D stuff is really cool. It's something that I wasn't expecting. Like, the fact that there's, like, 8-bit style gameplay in this now. Oh, dude. I think this maybe just went up to a purchase for me because of that. And these games are always usually good. These games are always usually good. If they're not realistic enough to have body hair on the Italian and Russian, I don't think that the sports are going to be very realistic either. So, I'm out. These games are always fun. (laughs) But, but this is not the first one to release. These games are always fun. <laughs> oh, boy. Developer Shinin Multimedia has announced the tourist for Nintendo Switch. It will launch in November. You are just arriving at Monument Island. Want to go swimming or rather take a dive into the deep sea? Or do you want to visit the amusement arcade? Do some shopping? Dance at the beach party? Fancy some surfing? Or will you talk with the strange old tourist and listen to what he has to say about these ancient, mysterious monuments. This game looks awesome. Yeah, it does. But what's the premise? It's, I don't actually know. But it was shown off during the uh, Nintendo Indie World Showcase. And it's like a block-style gameplay. Think uh, 3D Doc Game Heroes or any of the Lego games type stuff. And it, it just looks like Animal Crossing with blocks almost or something like that. Like, I think this is going to appeal to a large section of Switch owners. Okay. All right. So it's like a, like a happy sim. Sort of. I think. I don't, again, I don't really know exactly what the act premise of the game is. I didn't, I, I watched the trailer just like everyone else did on the Nintendo Indie World Showcase, but I don't know exactly what you are meant to be doing in there. Sweet. That's kind of cool. I like mystery. It looks fun, though, like boys, like the trailer showed walking through like this city pier type area. There is an arcade. There's all these different stores that I don't know if you can go in or out of. But looks like there's some exploration involved, like uh, my time at Porsche style mining cave type stuff. Uh, Things that look inspired by Zelda. Like there's a lot of things going on here. But again, I don't actually know what you're going to be doing or what is the thread that's holding this stuff together. But it looks right. fun. And again, it looks like 3D Dot Game Heroes. I don't know, Frank, if you had a chance to look into this. I did. I, I'm actually definitely behind this game. It looks cool, right? It, it, it absolutely looks cool. Yeah, it, it looks really cool. So it's going to be something I'm going to keep an eye on. And it comes out in November. So we'll see. Developer Typhoon Studios and publisher 505 Games have announced that Journey to the Savage Planet, an upbeat first-person adventure and exploration game set in a bright and colorful alien landscape, will be releasing January 28th, 2020 on PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Ooh, That's cool. I want it now. I'm looking forward to this one. I remember watching no, the... Uh, tr- yeah, no, I'm looking forward to this. So I definitely want to play that. Uh, good time to come out, too, for a game like this. 
you know, avoid the fall disaster of too many games. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> this game would have gotten swallowed up alive if it would have released in any time in the next couple months. Like putting this in January, February, where there still will be a, a decent amount of games, but this game has a better chance to survive re- releasing in January twenty eighth. So we'll see. True that, homie. Nice. Last week at the Atlas Art Exhibit 2019 in Alhambra, California, Atlas officially confirmed that Persona 5 Royal will be releasing spring 2020 here in North America. That's awesome. Nice. That's our first official confirmation of the release window. Now we just need the date. (laughs) Still waiting on that. Publisher, private division and developer Star Theory announced Kerbal Space Program 2 for PS4, Xbox One and PC during the Gamescom 2019 opening night live show. It will launch sometime in spring 2020. This video is uh, getting us plenty of views on YouTube. Our reaction video to uh, this one. Because it looks awesome. A lot of people are excited about Kerbal Space Program 2. Myself included. This game I looks wanna, fun. I, I, I want to colonize the universe. This game looks incredible. <laughs> Remothered Tormented Father's sequel, Remothered Going Porcelain, has been retitled Remothered Broken Porcelain and will launch better. for PS4 Xbox. is a better title. It'll launch for PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC in summer 2020. This was announced by publisher Modus Games and developer Daryl Arts. And Stormind Games, which I'm so ready for uh, Classic WoW that when I watched the Gamescom opening night live thing when this was shown off, I thought it said Stormwind Games. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, dude, this next one. Oh, dude. Streets of Rage 4 will officially launch for PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC in 2020. Publisher and co-developer Emu and co-developers Lizard Cube and Guard Crush Games announced. So we finally have a somewhat idea of when this game. Obviously, it's a generic 2020, but it's better than nothing. Like, it's better no, than not, not knowing. We've been talking about how, how much we want beat-em-up games to come back. You know, like side-scrolling beat-em-up, so... Oh, yeah. No, I mean, and we've talked extensively how awesome the soundtrack is going to be for Streets of Rage 4 with all of the announced composers on it, so... Uh, it glad- looks so good. It does. And I'm glad that they finally narrowed it down to, you know, the year. So now we just got to wait for the window and the date and it'll probably be January 2nd. Yeah, I doubt Dude, it. the promo art for this looks incredible. It does. Yeah, it absolutely does. Is there a reason why there's a girl with red dreads holding a guitar, though? It looks cool. Some mysteries need to be experienced. I'm okay with it. That's I've never seen a beat 'em up where someone's just throwing around a, a six string. That's uh, hey, why not? That's hey, that's man. what we ask. Why not? Why not? We why are not? for it. Why not? Publisher Bandai Namco and developer Tarsier Studios announced Little Nightmares 2 for PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC during the Gamescom 2019 opening night live. It will launch in 2020. Frank, you played the first one. I played the first one. Uh I'm down for a second one. I actually have to finish the DLC. I have to finish the DLC for the first one. Though. I haven't had a chance to actually play the first one yet, but I really want to before the second one comes out. I really want to play this game. It's definitely right up your alley. Oh, I, I, I expect it to be. Everything that I've seen on it looks really appealing to me. So finally this week, publisher Versus Evil and developer Mad About Pandas have announced a mystery adventure game Hitchhiker for PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, PC and Apple Arcade, surprisingly, which oh. is still still a thing, and it's still coming out later this year. A release date was not that. announced. I know it's been a while. This, this is an early access story, is it not? I don't know. I'm not sure. This is the one where you play as a farmer, like in driving. Uh, I don't know. Let's find out. 
A mystery game set along lost highways. You're a hitchhiker on a strange journey, unable to remember who you are or where you're headed. Something in your recent past is stolen your memory, but what? The highway offers clues, a matchbook hidden in your armrest, a photo in the glove box, billboards and crows along the roadside. Your driver, a farmer, wants to help you, and his personal memories and recollections provide an unexpected window into your own backstory. So yeah, I guess. Is this an early access? I think I've seen this in early access. I haven't played it, but I, I, I know for sure I've seen a game called The Hitchhiker, and I'm willing to bet it's the same game. Well, you were right about the farmer aspect of it, so... It has to be, right? It's, it's, a, it's something you wouldn't just pick out normally. I would hope not. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It seemed cool to me when I saw the trailer, so... I, I, I've not seen this in early access, if it is in early access, but it is a game that I'm intrigued to play. I, I like mystery games, and I like games that... Try to do something different, so I'll be keeping an eye on this one for sure. But that music right there means it's time for the new releases for the week of August 26th. But first, Metacritic results from last week. We did three games. The first one. No, last week we did four because we added a fourth. I remember now we added we were going to do three, but then we added the fourth. First one. Rad. I said 76. Frank, you said 69. Sean said 70. And Kyle said 67. 23 reviews on PS4, 77, the official Metacritic, I was closest with 76. Hot dog! The second game was Remnant from the Ashes, I said 75, Frank, you said 77, Sean, you said 68, Kyle said 83. 19 reviews for the PC version, 77 is the official Metacritic, Frank with a perfect guess of 77. Wow, good job. Onanaki, the third game. I said 72, Frank, you said 84, Sean, you said 77, Kyle said 80. 24 reviews on the PS4, 70. The official Metacritic I was closest was 72. Yeah. The fourth game, Mabel in the Wood. I said 83, Frank said 79, Sean, you said 80, Kyle said 81. Only three reviews so far for the PC version. No Metacritic. We had to throw it out. Had to throw it out. Throw it out. Which means, with my two points to Frank's one, I win once again for the week. Congratulations, Brian. You are the Big Bad Booty Duty Champion of Level Down Games, and you get to pick the game of the week. Somebody's got to step it up, man. Somebody's got to step it up. Oh, shut it. It's it's like I actually review these games for a living and understand the scoring system. You are, Brian. Don't even sit here and act like you're not. Keep, okay. keep, feeding, keep feeding my ego, please. Keep feeding my ego. Come on, do it now. <laughs> but I don't think it mattered who won this week because we may have all landed on the same game for pick of the week this week at the end of the day. Wow, classic. <laughs> it, it may be. It just may be. <laughs> New releases for the week of August 26th, though. Like I said, this is the busiest week we've had so far this year. Starting off today, Monday, August 26th, coming to PC, it's World of Warcraft Classic. The Drums of War Thunder once again. Return to the lost era of Azeroth and hey, I guess return to a lost era of Azeroth and enjoy the timeless stories that define this world at war. World of Warcraft Classic is a faithful recreation of the original World of Warcraft. Combat mechanics, original character models and skill trees all contribute to a truly authentic experience. My body's ready. Oh, dude, mine too. I can't wait to play this. Can't wait to play this. World of Warcraft? World of Warcraft. Oh. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. We we all will be getting lost in the in the in the lands of Azeroth once again starting I'm again tonight. I'm excited to finally try this game out. Like No, I'm excited own. for you to play it. I'm excited for you to play it. Are you are you literally just going to sign up like the day you decide to sit down and play it? Like you're just going to yeah. sign up that day? That's, that's that's the best way to do it. That's cool. I'm okay with it. 
that's the best way to do it. That way, in case you don't get a chance to play it on Monday or something, you're not actually losing out on like a day worth of subscription time or something like that. So definitely just, you know, the day that you decide. And I would probably even recommend maybe waiting a couple days for you particularly just because the server queues are going to be so long and you don't have a vested interest to log in right away. I only have a uh, finite amount of time to play these kinds of games. So. Exactly. So you want to kind of wait until, you know, when you do sign up, you know, you'll be able to log in. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Otherwise, you're just wasting your, your playtime and that sucks. So. As where I am logging in as soon as I get home on Monday and I'm just going to let it sit in queue. Oh, I'm logging in at uh, 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific when they release the restrictions on the characters that you're allowed to create. Because right now you're only allowed to create three because that was just the restrictions because they wanted to make sure everyone could reserve names. Right. At that time on Monday, the restrictions are lifted. So you can start making because you can you can have 10 characters per server as you always could. So those restrictions are lifted on Monday at one. So I'm going to make my other characters, but I'm not logging out. I'm going to stay logged in. And supposedly the way it's going to work is that when the servers go live at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, you'll just be able to click log in or like enter world. Like it'll just become available to click. Like it, yeah, but you'll have, have to constantly to... be clicking in that so you don't get disconnected, right? Um, that's fine. I'll, I'll, have it, I'll have it up in my second monitor. Like, there's no You're issue so with that. You're so faithful, brother. I gotta tell you, I, I love it. There's no issue in that. I mean... I wish I loved anything as much as you guys love Warcraft. You only get logged out, I think, for 10 or 15 minutes of inactivity. So mm-hmm. as, long as, you, as long as you click something <clears throat> once every 10 or 15 minutes, you should not get logged out. Uh, and we're not guessing this one because reviews won't be out for it for a while because, you know, the game is online. So people have to actually wait until tonight to play it. So I'm going on record right now. 95. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Kyle's writing a review <laughs> for us. So we'll see. We'll see. Moving on to tomorrow, Tuesday, August 27th. First coming to PC, it's Ancestors, the Humankind Odyssey. Embark on the incredible odyssey of human evolution and begin your journey 10 million years ago in this new adventure from the creator of Assassin's Creed. Explore Neo Gene Africa at the dawn of humankind. For every breathtaking view, dangers lurk all around. Expand your territory by conquering fear as you explore new lands and grow your clan to find strength in numbers. Evolve over generations and decide what skills to learn. Choose what knowledge passes to future generations, making every player's journey unique. Survive your evolution. It is coming to PS4 and Xbox One. Yeah, exactly. It is coming to PS4 and Xbox One, but not until December. Just the PC version is releasing tomorrow. Ooh, that may change my score. Metacritic guesses, please. Oh man, I'm not even ready. Oh, you're ready. Reveal in three, two, one, go. It's a 76. Uh, Ooh, dang. Okay, a 76 for me, an 86 from Frank, and a 72. A little bit of a difference there. From Sean. Uh, So you said that may change your score. Up or down? Because I'm curious. I skewed a little higher towards a PC player. Okay. Curious to know why. Because I think that a game like this, uh, like an Assassin's Creed kind of game, uh, where where we're actually like learning things, goes more towards the PC gamer, whereas the more casual gamer probably is not going to be as vested as we would. I, I honestly, if I would go for if it would have been on the, the console, I probably would have went somewhere in the low 80s. OK, I know you are. Are you still hyped on this game, Frank? Because you were very high on this at one point. I am. I I'm, I, I want to play this uh, again. Uh, I have that rare Italian disease that I talked about before called Funzolo. Uh-huh. Uh, so I can't pick this one up right <laughs> away, but I do want it. That that Wario disease, no hair is a low. I have a full head of hair right now. How dare you? <laughs> it's it's growing back, damn it. 
And my, ch my chest is covered in thick black hair. And oh, yeah. It all moved to your Damn. chest from your head. Uh, but yeah, honestly, it's a good thing that uh, it's coming on PC first because <laughs> I don't have the money right now. So when it comes out on console, I'll be able to do my thing. Yeah, I'm looking my forward to checking this for out. The winter. Is that yeah. what you said? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the man Grecian. <laughs> I'm looking forward to checking this out, though, because I really like the Assassin's Creed games and, you know, playing the creator's next idea, which, you know, is going to heavily feature a lot of like the terrain navigation that they made famous with Assassin's Creed, you know, just playing as primates on your journey of evolution. Like, that's going to be really cool and really fun. I, I can't wait to check this out. Yeah. Also coming tomorrow, Tuesday, August 27th, the PC, PS4, Xbox One, Control. After a secretive agency in New York is invaded by an otherworldly threat, you become the new director struggling to regain control. From developer Remedy Entertainment, this supernatural third-person action adventure will challenge you to master the combination of supernatural abilities, modifiable loadouts, and reactive environments while fighting through a deep and unpredictable world. Control is Jesse Faden's story and her personal search for answers as she grows into the role of the director. The world of Control has its own story, as do the allies Jesse meets along the way. Jesse works with other bureau agents and discovers strange experiments and secrets. Really, really, really looking forward to this one. Metacritic guesses, please. Reveal in three, two, one, go. Pow! It's an 81 for me, an 86 from Sean, and a 74 from Frank. Taking the low on this one. Taking the low. Any reason why? Playing the numbers. Okay. Okay. I just, I, I, I knew you guys would be high. I'm just, you know. That's inevitable. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Sean, 86. Oh, because of the drugs. I got that you. might be, <laughs> <laughs> that might be, that might be one of the higher guesses you've ever put in for a game. I got to tell you, I'm so high. <laughs> I'm high on this game, dude. This it looks game, good. It looks good. Okay, now am I gonna like buy it day one? Probably not. I want to see like what people say about it and all that and and all that jazz. But it looks good, dude. We watched some gameplay footage of it, just doing some menial crap with the janitor guy, and even he looked good. He was like super awesome, great graphics, great voice acting, great great mannerisms. And then you're in this game where like you go into these different areas and it turns into like kind of like this creepy blocky like it's almost like Assassin's Creed when you're rolling through the Animus and you don't know where you're at and like it's just that is a good a lot. that is a good analogy yeah for real for it's sure got a lot going on for it yeah you know it looks really cool and and the best part is they show you a lot of gameplay and a lot of different things that happen in it but you still don't know what the f's going on. The next game coming out tomorrow Tuesday August 27th the PC and PS4 it is Crystar. For when I weep, then I am strong. Battle through Purgatory as Rey to help save her sister in this action RPG. Switch freely between four playable characters and uncover each one of their pasts to see the sorrows they have endured. Power up your attacks and armor by shedding tears. Confront the torments before they overwhelm you by spending time in your room reading a book and petting your dog. Whatever you do, don't dry your eyes. You'll need your tears to summon your guardian and overcome the true villains of Purgatory. You silly Japanese people with your crazy ideas. I love it. Dude, I can't wait to play this. I cannot wait to play this one. Metacritic guesses, please. Reveal in three, two, one, go. It's a 77 for me, a, a mic not working from Sean, and a 76 from Frank. <laughs> 
Officially 78 from Sean. He really boxed you in there on that 77, huh? That's okay. That's okay. That's what happens from time to time. Next up, we're still on Tuesday, August 27th. That is tomorrow. Coming to PC, PS4, it is Knights and Bikes. Knights and Bikes is a hand-painted action-adventure for one or two players, set on a British island in the 1980s. It's a coming-of-age story starring Nessa and Demelza exploring the coasts of Penverzi on their trusty bikes, looking for a legendary lost treasure in a Goonies-inspired tale of excitement, danger, fun, and friendship. The two new friends, along with their pet goose and the pickled head of an undead knight, form the Penverzi Rebel Bicycle Club and are ready for anything this adventure throws at them. They pedal into danger to face threats head-on with frisbees, water balloons, video game controllers, and the powerful beats of an amplified boombox. Along the way, they'll stuff their pockets with trinkets and barter for bike upgrades, spurring them onward down the island's country lanes. Windswept beaches, deep forests, modern attractions, and ancient ruins. Together, their friendship will create an adventure as big as their imaginations. Unofficial Metacritic pick for this one is a 99. I love everything uh, I just heard. No, it absolutely, absolutely sounds amazing. It absolutely sounds amazing. I just don't think there'll be enough for abuse to. And then, nor, nor do I, but I just think that when this one finally does, it's going to see very high. I hope so. I hope so. Initially, but you're right. Initially, I don't think there will be enough reviews to do a guess. Um, it sounds really cool, though. And it looks really cool. It's like everything I would want in like an 80s movie in a game. And the graphics are awesome looking like the graphics are very pleasing to the eye. Like it looks like a good game. We shall see. Well, there we go. We shall see. Exactly. Week. We shall see. Knights and bikes better than Warcraft classic. Yep, yep. <laughs> moving on to tomorrow when or not tomorrow, moving on to Wednesday, August 28th, coming to PC. It's Monster Sanctuary, which was a Kickstarter game we actually covered in Kickstarter My Heart several uh, several months ago. Monster Taming meets Metroidvania. Choose your spectral familiar and follow in your ancestors' footsteps to become a monster keeper and save the monster sanctuary. Embark on an epic adventure using the powers of the monsters you collect and the team you build to unlock an ever-expanding world. On your quest to become the ultimate monster keeper, you'll unravel the cause of a mystery that threatens the peace between humans and monsters. Frank, did you back this one? I don't know. It sounds like it's something I would have backed. So I'll have to check my Kickstarter. Yeah, check your Kickstarter and see, because you might be having a key come for this one this week. Uh, I can't remember if you backed this one or not. Uh, it, it, sound, it definitely tells me something I would have backed. Yeah, I would I would assume you maybe probably did. I know I'm interested in playing it. It's like Pokemon meets Metroid. <laughs> if it was multiplayer, I'd play it with you guys. I really would. Yeah, no, it, it sounds it cool. Looks, it looks good. Like I said, it, it's definitely something that I'm interested in, in checking out. I, I know my, I did not back it myself, so I will have to pick it up this week if I want to play it. And I probably won't pick it up this week because I barely have time to play the games that are releasing this week that I already want to play and that I already have. So I apparently yeah, I didn't. I suffer from Funzalo as well. You did not back this, Frank. That's interesting. It's, that's crazy. I could have thought I would have, but I did yeah. not. It must not be good then. Moving on. No, man, this looks good. This looks good. <laughs> this definitely looks good. Uh, Thursday, August 29th, coming to iOS and Android, it's Pokemon Masters. Get ready for a whole new take on Pokemon battles as you team up with famous trainers from throughout the history of Pokemon in Pokemon Masters. This mobile game is a collaboration between the Pokemon Company and DNA, and it gives longtime fans an opportunity to reunite with gym leaders and champions from previous Pokemon video games for an all-new adventure. You know I'm going to download it. I was going to say, are you downloading it this week? 
I'm gonna download it. I'm gonna play it. It's. It, I, I think it's gonna suck, to be honest. I hate to be negative, Nancy, but I, I, I don't. I'm actually expecting it to be fairly poor as well. I'm not interested in this at all. I really am I'm not, but I'm still gonna download it and play it and give it a shot. Yeah, I, I think you know the the fact that it's not the Pokemon Go style of game that uh, you know DNA made famous on mobile devices. It's probably the only, at least I'm assuming, but well, I guess it'll, it remains to be seen. But that is the mobile experience that people kind of want now. So we'll have to see if a different take on Pokemon does just as good on mobile as it does elsewhere. I don't know. We'll see. I don't have nearly as high of hope for this one as I did for Pokemon Go, and I didn't even play Pokemon Go, so. I played the hell out of Pokemon Go. I, know. I played Pokemon Go like crazy, man. I was driving around with it on my dashboard. <laughs> yeah, see, I never even, I literally never downloaded it, so I never even opened it up. Yeah, I'd, I'd go for walks with everyone in Vegas when Pokemon Go came out, and it was like the closest thing to The Walking Dead I've ever seen in real life. It's the absolute truth. People were swarming on all, all, all the local Pokemon oh, socks I, here. I, I remember the stories. I absolutely remember the stories. People like pulling over their cars to jump out in Central Park because there's a freaking Pokemon say, there. I've been I'm in the car insurance business, uh, to, you know, in claims, and we had a lot of Pokemon Go uh, accidents that we had, we had to deal with. So I imagine yeah. that's I imagine that's true. Absolutely. I imagine that's true. I, I legit saw like 10 teenagers walking around with their faces and their phones at the park and one of them like stepped into something and like almost fell. Like <laughs> it was just like, it was the best people watching. If, if Pokemon Masters can do that, I'll, I'll mail them a check. I'll be like, this is great entertainment, please. That's awesome. That's awesome. The last day of the week, Friday, August 30th, we have several the more games day. releasing. Several more games releasing. First off, coming to Nintendo Switch, it's Astral Chain. Humanity's last chance against an interdimensional oh. invasion is a special living weapon called the Legion. As a rookie officer in the elite police task force Neuron, you and your Legion will work together to solve cases and save humankind. Astral Chain gives you full control over two characters at once for thrilling synergetic action, courtesy of Platinum Games. Alternate between several Legion types and skills to save the world your way. Metacritic guesses, please. Reveal in three, two, one, go. It's an 82 for me, a 78 from Sean, and an 88 from Frank. Shut up. Nice. Uh, Frank, 88. Dude, it's going to be like DMC. It's going to be freaking awesome. Not uh, not the score I was expecting to see from you, Frank. I, I thought you would have been like somewhere in the, like the low 70s because of the... Uh, the Japanese nature of the game, but I agree. I, 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 I think it's going to be good. It, it, it's going to be a big, it's going to be a huge game. I think it will. I we watched a video on this one recently. Yeah, not that, long, not, that, not that long ago. Yeah, uh, prob, it was probably at E3, but that, that's for me. It's recently in my mind. I was like yesterday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the fact that it's only releasing on Switch is is going to help its score. I think. Obviously, I you know just a lot of Switch owners and a lot of Switch fans are excited about this game. And I think that'll translate to the reviews as well, because it looks like it's fun to play. And I hope it is like it DMC. Looks good. I hope it is like DMC. Next up on Friday, August 30th, coming to PC and Xbox One, it's Blair Witch. It's 1996. A young boy disappears in the Black Hills Forest near Burkittsville, Maryland. As Ellis, a former police officer with a troubled past, you join the search. What starts as an ordinary investigation soon turns into an endless nightmare, as you confront your fears in the Blair Witch, a mysterious force that haunts the woods. Blair Witch is a first-person story-driven psychological horror game based on the cinematic lore of Blair Witch. Metacritic guesses, please. Reveal in three, two, one, go. 
It's a 72 from me, a 71 from Frank, and a 75 from Sean. Right in the same area. Frank, in personal pick a 93. You're excited for this, I'm assuming. I think this is going to be great, but I also think it's going to get just trashed by reviews to, to a certain extent. But still, fall. It depends, fall. It but, depends but, but, on how still, good the game fall, actually ends up being, right? I, I, again, this is another one of those ones where it's PC and Xbox One, so you, you, you're very, you have a very limited amount of people who are playing this game. I disagree. PC has a, you know, it's the most widest audience you can get. So if uh, people really wanted to play it, they could. <laughs> they could, but you know, PC gaming is on the same level as like a Switch or a PS4. I disagree. Well, you disagree with a lot of things and you're wrong a lot. Well, not usually, but I think that, uh, you know, th this game has potential to do well. Uh, a it's lot of people. It's, it's like the movie itself. And that's what kind of why what we want to always there's a lot of people out there who love the Blair Witch. A lot of people are like, what the hell is even going on here? So it's it's not for everyone. Yeah, the fact that Sean was higher that. than me is actually kind of shocking. Yeah. Well, you, you look at you look at games like Outlast and, you know, those games do really well. So if this game could capture any magic that that game had, or that series has, then Blair Witch will be just fine. But it remains to be seen because I have not had the chance to play it myself yet. Also coming Friday, August 30th to PC, PS4, Xbox One, it is Decay of Logos. Embark on a journey of revenge and betrayal set in motion by the destruction of our young adventurer's village at the hands of the Crimson Knights. Find solace in your mystical elk companion as you battle the unforgiving foes that roam this once uh, peaceful realm. Venture into ancient ruins and dungeons in search of their rewards and a quest to find the truth behind the attack of Ada's home. Take heed, there's a dark and treacherous force at work in this world that corrupts even its inhabitants. This is basically a mix of uh, Dark Souls and Breath of the Wild. Even though Breath sounds like it. No, it, it, abs it absolutely is. So it, it, it does remind me a lot of that. Metacritic guesses, please. Reveal in three, two, one. Dang, bro. Brian with the low, all right. Wow. It's a 68 from me, an 80 from Sean, and an 85 from Frank. That's the low of the week, brother. I thought my astral chain was too low. That's 68 is low, man. What makes you think 68, man? Tell me. I think this game is going to be rough. I do. Yeah. I, th I think this game is going to be rough. Be interesting to see what scores come out of the platforms because I do feel like this game will be a lot better on PS4 than it will Switch. Is it coming to Switch? I don't even think I mentioned it coming to Switch. Yeah, it is. Besides, you know, honestly, 85 is a good, a good grade because Lego games usually do pretty good. No, Logos, not Legos. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I love to see. I think this game could be rough, so. Uh, I, I'm shocked you guys went so high, actually. That's funny. That's it really, looks really funny. good. I, I, all I did, you know, my, my research is pulling up pictures. No, of course. My my research is much more extensive than that. <laughs> also on Friday, August 30th, coming to PC, it is Re-Legend. Washed ashore on Vodka Island. I thought, I thought that actually, I'm tired. I thought this said Vodka Island for a second. Washed ashore yeah, you'd be on, there in a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> on Vaca Island without memories. You must start a new life and find ways to recover your lost memories. Uh, Kyle said he was really excited for this one. I remember that. In order to do yeah, so, he was also really excited for my time at Porsche, and that I think that he still plays as it, flat man. As a fart. Out there, out there, woo and Polly. I'm in so order... pissed about that game. <laughs> <laughs> Back to Re Legend. In order to do whatever we already said, in order to do so, you must first learn how to survive on the island by cultivating the land, befriending villagers, expanding the village, and raising your very own magical creature, known as Magnus. 
Venture around the land of Ethia where Vaka Island resides to reclaim your memories is no easy task, as the world is filled with dangerous madness and threatening challenges. Will you be able to survive and rebuild your own legend in your new life? Your fate is in your hands. It was a Kickstarter game. It was. It absolutely was. Metacritic guesses, please. Reveal in three, two, one, and go. It's a 75 for me, a 67 from Sean, and a 72 from Frank. Sean, you went lower than my 68. Yep, yep, I did. You want to go with the lowest uh, of the, the show? Uh, even after I, I told you that, that Kyle was excited, you come in there with a 67. This is the closest I've ever been to playing like the Iron Sheik saying effing BS or whatever, like as a sound clip on this on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I I am not excited for this game. It's not to crap on them. I'm sure the game's going to be good. It's just it reminds me of my time at Porsche a lot. And I just I really loved the aesthetic of that game. I loved the look and everything. And, and it just did not do it for me, man. I'm worried about that. Like these types of games, I hate to say it, but there's like a 50 50 freaking flip a coin at if it's going to be good or not these days. There's so many of them coming out. It makes me honestly just want to save my money and wait for like Animal Crossing or like Doraemon or something like that that has more of a track record. So I don't know if it's good. Great. I'll eat some crow. That's fine. I've done it before. I'll do it again, but I'm nervous. So, okay. Okay. Moving on. We have one more game this week coming also Friday, August 30th to PC, PS4, Xbox one. It's the Dark Pictures Anthology Man of Medan. The Dark Pictures Anthology is a series of standalone branching cinematic horror games featuring a multiplayer mode. In Man of Medan, five friends set sail on a holiday diving trip that soon changes into something much more sinister. Embark on a horrific journey aboard a ghost ship. Experience your terrifying story with a friend online or go for safety in numbers with up to five players offline. All playable. Wait, there should have been a period there. Okay, there should be a period there. Yeah, yep. Grammatically incorrect. With up up to five players offline. All playable characters can live or die. The choices you make will decide their fate. Who will you save? It's very, uh, it's, it's the same team that did Until Dawn. So think that for any type of gameplay comparison sake. Metacritic guesses, please. Reveal in three, two, one, go. It's an 85 for me, an 86 from Sean, and a 78 from Frank. Sean, you're sneaking in there. You always come right in close sometimes to me. I don't, Honestly, I don't, I don't, I don't like know what it. you're doing. I like you. I'm I don't know what you're in, doing. Boy. Yeah, I don't know what you're doing. I wish I knew how to quit you, Brian. <laughs> I would have put this in the high. I would have put this in the high 90s. I just don't know how it's gonna skew. Yeah, how it's how it's gonna translate. I, I love these kinds of games, and I will playing. I will play the hell out of this. Oh, I will play the crap out of this as well. Uh, just like I did with Until Dawn, I will get all the endings. I will see everything, and I will get the platinum. I will play it. I will play it because my heart can't take it. But I wish you nothing but the best. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. Pick of the week this yeah. week, though, is World of Warcraft Classic. It is. You're dang right. Was it even a choice? No, I not think really. so. Not really. I mean, there is a lot of good games coming out this week. But that is the one that I think a majority of us, at least we could say, are excited for here on the show. I'm not Hollywood. Bullshit, Hulk Hogan. Right. I'm the red. You're a real champion. Uh- <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What? Where's the Steve Austin? What? What? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Do you know who that was? I think it was Iron Sheik. Uh, that was Iron Sheik, man. He was saying he was the real champion, but I just didn't know that he was going to go on this rant. sorry. What? What? Think of the Warcraft Classic. What? No, go ahead. Oh. <laughs>
We all have photos on our phones or cameras or posted to our social media accounts. But when you get that perfect picture and you want to turn it into something real that you can see every single day, PosterBurner.com can turn those photos into amazing prints. Imagine walking into your room and seeing that perfect family photo or vacation picture on your wall. Or if you need to get a gift for family or friends, there's nothing in the same price range that is going to be as impressive and meaningful as a custom print. PosterBurner.com is easy to use, it's affordable, and the quality is truly top-notch. They make amazing posters, and when they say posters, they do not mean those flimsy posters you see in stores. This is super thick, premium photo paper, and you can get a 24 by 36 movie size poster for under $20. They also make premium canvas prints, metal prints, decals, stickers, banners, cell phone cases, and more. Do you want that perfect artwork you recently saw of your favorite game hanging on your wall for everyone to admire? Now's the chance. Or better yet, what about something you personally designed and worked on, blown up and hanging above the sofa in the living room? Anything is possible with PosterBurner.com. Go to PosterBurner.com forward slash LDG today and you'll get an additional 10% off of your order. That discount applies to every type of print that they offer. Again, that's posterburner.com forward slash LDG. Let's get back to some more Gamescom coverage. Uh, we, we, are running a little, we are running a little long, so we will have to consolidate some of this stuff and, and be brief. Uh, the, the show did go longer than I thought it would. But I do still have several things I want to talk about. And I want to kind of recap the, the Nintendo Indie World Showcase a little bit. The standout thing, obviously, for me, though, was that Ori and the Blind Forest Definitive Edition is arriving on Switch next month in September. I love it. I love the comment. You know, they're friggin partnering up again. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? Like, you know, and it's I, from what I understand, this partnership isn't going to last forever. Like I, I recently saw something last week on Microsoft talking about this, and they said that Cuphead releasing on the Switch and Ori and the Blind Forest releasing on the Switch. And there are still rumors that uh, the Halo Master Chief Collection is going to be releasing on Switch as well. But those things were all done in a deal where these commitments have now been met and their games still will be exclusive, like their first party games still will be exclusive to Xbox and PC moving forward after a certain amount of time. So not every like this partnership isn't going to last forever. I think well, it's, nothing, I think it's a good nothing plan. lasts forever. We both know hearts can change. That's true. <laughs> yes. Rip Spider-Man. Exactly. Yeah. I do think that this is a great play, though, because quite honestly, the core audience of Microsoft and the core audience of Nintendo are not the same. No, I, I agree. It, I think that they, there's no way this could have lasted forever. There's no way this could have right. lasted forever. Right. And, and people who play Microsoft games who would be buying the games that are releasing on Switch are not choosing to buy it on Switch over Microsoft's platforms. They're just, they're not. So it's a good way to get your product out there and branch into a new audience without hurting any sales or anything like that. Here's the main question I have, though, based off of what Microsoft said and based off of what we've seen. If this partnership is coming to an end based off of commitments being met and, you know, satisfied, so to speak, what was Nintendo's side for Microsoft? Because we haven't seen it yet. Everything that we've seen. Oh, 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 Link is definitely in the new Halo. Let's not even kid ourselves. Well, everything that we've seen. No, I don't <laughs> think he is. But everything that we've seen is Microsoft stuff releasing on Nintendo. 
We see Banjo-Kazooie in Smash. We see Cuphead on Switch. We see Ori on Switch. We haven't seen anything in Nintendo side, at least to my knowledge, that I can think of on an Xbox property or platform or IP. So I'm wondering if Nintendo did give them the reins to make something releasing in the future for Xbox Scarlet or something similar. That, you know, true, but I do think that Microsoft is just playing kind of like the the publisher in this role. Cuphead is a Switch game. They, of course they, it is. They will make tons of money selling it on Switch just because they're in a partnership with Nintendo. And, and Nintendo doesn't have to give them anything back because they gave them a stage. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to make tons of money off of Ori and the Blind Forest on the Switch. It's a Switch game. You're going to make tons of money off of Cuphead. You're going to make tons of money having Microsoft IPs on the Switch because just because you put it on there and people will consume it. I don't know. I mean, but the exciting part to this is if you do it once, you you can do it again. Th- this is not the end of it. I, maybe not for a while, but they're they're going to be able to discuss things like this in the future and have some real weight behind it. And that's exciting for me to see what comes of it. OK, you know. I I think so. I am curious to see if this partnership between the two companies does do anything else in the future now that we know that they were just satisfying commitments. Uh, We we talked a lot already about a lot of the things that were announced in the Indie World Showcase back in the weekly uh, the weekly wrap up. So we're not going to really be redundant and go into things that we already saw. But all in all, I thought the Indie World Showcase was another quality Indie Direct from Nintendo. Nintendo really knows how to put together a, a well done Indie Direct. They do. I wanted, I wanted about 95% of those games. That's how it was when I was watching it. I was like, yo, yes, yes. I think the only one I didn't want was the first one they announced. I can't even remember what the first one was. I usually always enjoy every game that they showcase in those things myself. Like, they just, they again, they know how to pick the games to display and make a good Direct showcasing it. And I think um, I think Kyle said he was even intrigued by several of the games that was shown off during that Indie World Showcase. I I wish he was able to be on the show this week. Obviously, you know, he, he, he works, so he wasn't able to be on the show. But I know he would have had some things to show or to say on the direct as well. Like uh, we, we saw an update on Freedom Finger, yes. which I know is a game that, Frank, you are dying to play. I think that actually right comes out next alley. month. It comes out next month, too. It comes out in September. So I, I'm sure that'll be good. Uh, we, we saw that Roki game, which is like a uh, a exploration adventure game that looks like it has an emotional narrative twist to it. That looks really that looked cool. Great. Uh, Europa was a physics based puzzle game that reminded me heavily of Etherborn that it you and I recently just, played. Uh, that also looked great. Like, I think I, I think I loved everything except for yeah. the first game. And I don't even and we saw Blasphemous there, too. I don't remember what the first game was. I can't remember either about pulling the video up. Yeah, I'm curious. Uh, and I, I, I don't even know that uh, I I probably still enjoyed the first game. I, I can't remember what it was. But yeah, the Indie Direct was uh, was really good. And like I said, we we definitely saw a lot of cool things that made it onto my radar that I wasn't like Sparklight, which is looks kind of like a Moonlighter type game, like things like that. Like I didn't even expect to know about. Uh, I'm glad that was shown off doing this. So, yeah, that Indie World Showcase was really cool. And again, we do have a reaction video up on our YouTube channel and leveldowngames.com if you want to go check that out. I want to talk a few minutes about Greedfall because we had a new trailer debut during the uh, Inside Xbox edition from Gamescom 2019. And this was the Companions trailer for Greedfall. 
and it offered us a a much more in-depth look at the way the game is going to play and the systems that are going to go into this. This game, for all intents and purposes, pretty much is Dragon Age Origins. And that is incredible. Like this game looks I, I know I made fun that back in the, you know, when we did the uh, Thunderdome for Q3 2019, that it made it all the way up into like the top five. I actually think it belongs there now. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Like this, this, this game looks incredible, but everything that we've seen so far, everything that they continue to showcase, I'm really excited. And it comes out literally in just a couple more days. Like it comes out on September 10th. So we're about two weeks away from it. 14 days, roughly. It looks like a lot of fun. I cannot wait to play this game. Uh, The trailer was freaking amazing, though. It was. Did you think that maybe this game, like, do you you like the the fantasy aspect of it more than the realism? Or do you like the realism more than the fantasy? Because I feel like the biggest issue I have with the the Dragon Age games is that sometimes they're a little too much fantasy i like fantastical stuff i mean i like high fantasy it's 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 a passion of mine i really do enjoy high fantasy type stuff but the thing that attracted me to greedfall was the setting initially yeah but before i knew that this was going to be a deep rpg before i knew all of the fantastical stuff that was going into it it was set during the colonial period it was like discovering the new world. And that was a setting that I really wanted to experience. Like this sounds like it sounded so cool to me when it was first announced that it instantly made it onto my radar. But now it's shot up even higher because of the the mechanics that went into this, the gameplay and just, again, the deep RPG mechanics like we I, I we know Bioware is a shell of their former selves. Like you look at Anthem, you look at everything that you're doing. Hopefully they can bring things back with Dragon Age 4. I'm hoping they can return to their former glory. Greedfall looks like a true game that should have been a Dragon Age game. Like that's what it reminds me of so much with like the companionship, the romance options, the multiple choices, the fantastical world, all of these different things going into it, the multiple different levels and mechanics that you can do with combat. I I'm going to invest a lot of time into this in two weeks. Like this is a game that I will, I'm sure, probably get lost in for 60 to 80 hours. Like I can easily see that happening. What platform are you getting in on? Probably PC. Probably. Yeah. Maybe. Not PS4. I may get it on PS4. It's either going to be PC or PS4. It all depends on how I'm feeling. And, uh, it, you know, depends on, I guess, circumstance. Sometimes I prefer to get it on PS4 if I don't want to sit in my OP seat. Sometimes I want to get it on uh, PC if I do want to sit here. Like, and, and again, it's interchangeable to me because all my stuff is so close. But I don't know. For real. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. The game looks the game looks so good, though. It does. It really, really does. So I, I can't wait to dive into it. Uh, I, I wanted to put a little bit of a spotlight on it here because I want people to know about it. I want as many people as possible to know about this. Yeah, if you didn't check out that companion trailer, go watch it. It was really cool. But I do want to talk about disintegration because disintegration, I think, is potentially the biggest thing coming out of Gamescom this year. Uh, being published by Private Division, developed by V1 Interactive. This is the new game from the co-creator of Halo. And we had a premiere look and a premiere trailer shown off during Gamescom 2019 opening night live. It confirmed a 2020 release. It's coming to PS4, Xbox One and PC via Steam. You know, a lot of people were thinking it might be a next generation title. But what I want to talk about for disintegration, did you guys get a chance to check out the, the trailer, see a little bit of it, Frank? I'm, I I'm hoping. Trailer, yeah. OK, so it's set 150 to 200 years in the future. 
And it's basically like this future where robots aren't controlled by AI. They're armored shells that contain fleshy and beautifully imperfect human brains, according to the press release. So these robots are more lifelike than even AI. And initially when I saw it, and you can actually hear this in my reaction video, they started to show off the gameplay and I immediately thought, oh, no, it's like Anthem. It's like Anthem. It's Destiny. It's all that stuff. It's not. Like it is kind of because there is a there is a multiplayer aspect there, but it is a very deep single player game as well. And it has a full fledged, thought out, smart single player campaign, just like Halo always does. So what disintegration is disintegration is basically the evolution of the Halo model. There's going to be a single player campaign where, you know, the Halo campaigns are usually what, 15 hours ish. I'm assuming that Disintegration's campaign will probably be roughly around the same time period to complete, but there also will be a heavy multiplayer aspect just like there is in Halo. And if anyone can pull it off, I I truly believe in this particular gentleman because he is, again, the co-creator of Halo, Marcus Leto. I, I really think that if anyone can make a game that utilizes that model that they made famous with Halo and expand upon it and make it better, it would be him and his new team. So I have a lot of high hopes for this game. The gameplay looks fun. Getting out of like all all of the aspects of like the Destiny style stuff, the Anthem style stuff. And and again, going back and watching more in-depth analysis on the gameplay, I realized I was wrong when I thought that initially. This looks fun, man. This looks like a lot of fun. And I'm excited to see what they do with this. It, it looked great. Like that, I like the return to form of actually having a nice story to follow. That's why I loved Halo 2 so much. Yeah, exactly. I think I had the strongest story. I enjoyed not that I didn't enjoy all the time you know, playing with you and other friends online. I think I enjoyed myself by myself the most in that game. You know, just 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 going through playing uh, on legendary and just immersing myself in that world and the story and the, and the challenge. I'm ready. I'm ready to recommit myself to doing that again. Yeah, exactly. And just and it was something different and new. Like, you know, we've seen Halo so many times. And and while that's not a bad thing, like I still enjoy Halo. I still enjoy Master Chief's story. I'm really excited for Infinite. I want to see what they do with it. But I'm excited to see something new. I like new IPs. I like fresh new things in the gaming landscape. It's I've seen a lot of people that actually got to see this in motion, describing it as a combination of Titanfall meets Total War, because there is a lot of strategy involved in the campaign missions of the single player. Like you have to pre-plan what you're going to do. You can go in on foot. You can go in through aerial type stuff using the the robots and the mechs that are in the game. Like there's it looks really, really cool, but it's very fast paced like Titanfall. So I think this game could actually do really well, and I'm excited to see what the reception will be. I'm also excited to see what kind of like the multiplayer will be, because we've seen a lot now on the single player and the way that it's going to play. But I'm curious to see how the multiplayer aspect will be handled. Yeah, I mean, I think multiplayer is going to make a break of this game. Sean, what would it take for you to be excited on this? I already am stoked about it. I'm not going to even lie. I'm usually the contrarian in these types of games because... I don't want to sit there and play Halo again and again and again. I Why think not? the PvP aspect is something that's going to get me. I, you know, honest to goodness, I just, I think I've evolved as a player. Don't you miss the nights of sitting in Jerry's basement and just playing Halo 2? Yeah, but 
I, I got to be honest with you. I didn't play that much with you guys. I was texting girls, you know. Well, you were a loser. Oh, shit. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't. Everybody knows I wasn't. <laughs> no, pretty, pretty, pretty I, uh, sure you were all. Pretty sure you were land up with us and playing. <laughs> I, I was playing with you. I, you know, honest to goodness, I just don't know if that kind of game is my main focus anymore. It has nothing to do with the quality of the game. It has to do with me changing as a player. You know. I, I, I would rather play a game where I would play with you guys than try to smash some random 13 year old in a multiplayer, you know, skirmish. Please, please don't be smashing random 13 year olds. <laughs> so you're definitely <laughs> more intrigued by the multiplayer aspects of this as well. Yeah. You know, honestly, when I look at the screen caps of the game, the first thing I want to do is play it like we wanted to play Anthem together. Yeah. Which we did, which we never really got a chance to. <laughs> I do wish that it had that aspect of multiplayer in the game. Now, I know people will say, well, Halo had a great co-op campaign. Yes, but it's a fixed story that we can't really make your own and do, you know, different things that are changing. Once you beat the story, you beat the story. Right. You know, so that that's the part of me that's still kind of curious. If if there's more to the story than just playing like a, a 10 hour, you know, story with your friend and it's just co-op then i probably won't get it but if there's more to it than that that just isn't just like you know what is it 5v5 or 10v10 multiplayer matches then yeah Yeah. i'd be really interested so i'm waiting to see more before i get super hyped on this one and that's that's fine you know whatever we'll definitely be paying attention to it because uh I, i do think it'll be potentially one of the bigger games next year like when it comes out in the fall like obviously we have i'm assuming this game will be a fall 2020 game I mean, we have an already somewhat stacked spring time frame, and I don't think that they'll they'll shovel this new IP in there when it could potentially get cannibalized by something else. So putting this out in the fall and really putting some marketing behind it and putting it up against some big things. Or, you know, what? it might be a summer title. I don't really know. I really don't know because Is fall's going to be dominated to by PS5, be, right? Yeah, I was going to say fall's going to be dominated by the new consoles. So I don't know. It might be dangerous yeah. to release it then unless they put it out on the new consoles as well. And they just haven't said that yet. Like it could be a cross generation game and release everywhere. It could. That'd be cool. So we don't know. I want to close out our Gamescom coverage with some Death Stranding information. Because we had a very in-depth look at Death Stranding at Gamescom Opening Night Live. We had three trailers shown off there, gameplay footage, a lot of stuff. And we finally understand what really is going into Death Stranding and makes it a game. And the actual thing that really made us understand it is from GamesRadar.com. And what they wrote about the game actually, I think, really gets a lot of people excited for the game. So let me read this to you and you tell me if you're Frank, if you still think it's going to just be like a walking type simulator, which actually is kind of what I thought as well for a while until I heard this. And again, still going to do a lot of walking, but at least there's a reason for it. So the person that wrote this said the thing that really stood out to me was just how simple the game is at its core. Death Stranding is a game about walking. As Sam Porter Bridges, or as you probably know him, Norman Reedus, trapped in the uncanny valley, you are tasked with walking from the east coast of America to the west coast. uh, reactivating various communication nodes along the way in an effort to spread a message of hope to a nation that has become fragmented and disconnected, taking the idea of unity to pockets of an isolated populace that trades and ambivalence rather than love. That is Death Stranding. And so you will walk. You will retrace the steps of Amelie, daughter of the president of the United States of uh, the United Cities, not even the United States, president of the United Cities of America, who embarked on her own east to west journey with a convoy sometime before the game kicks into gear. 
She did this in an attempt to establish a network of communication relays across the country, a network that could deliver a message of unity from her mother, Bridget, who also happens to be on death's door. That message is that every problem in the world needn't be solved by force. Instead, it is hope that can bring us all together. I like it. I really like it, too. Sounds like Forrest Gump. Yeah, I always run to get where I was going. I never thought it would take me anywhere. (laughs) So, uh, you know, I'll tell you, honestly, this sounds kind of fun to me because there hasn't ever been a game that really tapped into that Kevin Costner postman type feel you know it, where it kind of does resemble that a lot doesn't it yeah yeah it sounds awesome i mean i want to meet ford lincoln mercury and battle against the eight ball clan and, and establish the united states again so if i can't do it by carrying mail then i'll do it by establishing communication relays with my infant grocery bag baby and be norman <laughs> reedus norman reedus starring in forrest gump too yeah pretty much no man i don't know man i just the one thing i kept saying to myself and i think i even verbally said it multiple times in the reaction video that i put up on youtube i was like are the where like are there enemies like are there any and i don't think that there is i'm actually convinced now that there's no enemies in this game i'm convinced that there's no combat in this game i think it is very much just an exploration style game where you will walk as they said from the east coast to the west coast establishing these communication points and interacting with the citizens and doing these other things and that is a unique take on a game that i'm really looking forward to seeing because if anyone can do it correctly it's hideo kojima if anyone can yeah, yeah. make a game out of this, it's Hideo Kojima. If anyone could do it and and literally have this be a potential game of the year candidate when all is said and done, it's Hideo Kojima. Like everything that we've seen, you know, we're all confused. We still don't really know what's going on. They showed off the new character uh, Mama at Gamescom, like super weird, super creepy. Still have no idea what's going on. Like at least what we if, under. What if what? Sorry. What what if it's a game about mental illness though? It I might mean, a be. Lot of the stuff, a lot of stuff you saw looked like internally it was like some sort of like illusion or hallucination or there could be a lot of things going on at the core that we're not familiar with, and I think that leads a lot of excitement to Death Stranding in itself because of the unknown, because of what we don't know, because of what we get to experience in the game for ourselves. I hope it's moving in real time as well because. Uh... Oh my God! No way, dude. <laughs> because I, I looked it up, uh, a coast-to-coast walk would take about 280 days, which is well, like thousands of hours. No way. That's a whole lot of playtime. I'm okay that's, with it. That's way too much playtime. But here's no, the thing: Kojima's probably crazy enough to do that, but I don't think he did. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone would do it, it'd be him. But I don't think this game's gonna be thousands of hours worth of playtime. I'm excited to see what this actually ends up being, though. Like now that we know what you'll be doing, establishing these communication points, interacting with these citizens, uh, trying to unify and spread this message of unity and hope and peace. It it sounds exciting and interesting. I don't know. I'm very intrigued by this. I really am. I hope there's enemies. I hope there's I hope there's more than just walking. Yeah, yeah, I agree, Frank. I don't think there is. If, if not, then I hope, I hope there's heavy puzzle elements along the way, then. 
I bet you there's going to be heavy puzzle elements and heavy explorations. I mean, we already know there's heavy exploration. We know for sure. But I bet you there's going to be puzzle elements because I really don't think there's enemies. I think if there were, we would have seen them by now. The only thing that we've seen that slightly resemble enemies are in this in that one trailer where we saw Mad Mickelson. We saw that army marching across the bridge. So that we at least know there's an army there that maybe that's why you're trying to spread this message of peace. But if you get it, maybe there's stealth mechanics. Maybe if you get seen, you get shot and killed and you have to go back and start over. Maybe that's one of those types of things. It's like Kojima would make a stealth game. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Oh. So may, may, maybe maybe that's an Where aspect that of it. Where did that come from? Metal Gear. <laughs> no, no, no. That, I don't think that's what you guys are talking about. Are it Really? Yeah, absolutely. What the hell, Sean? Come on now. Hello. There's that annoying moviegoer again. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also in the first trailer, the uh, the like the the, the shadow the, creatures. The, yeah, the mystical shadow creatures. So those are the only elements of enemies that we've potentially seen. But I, unless I'm wrong, I don't think we've seen him actually engage in combat with any of them yet. So there might it might be all stealth mechanics in, involved with that. I don't oh my know. God! What if the enemies of the Heartless? <laughs> it's a Kingdom Hearts oh, game. Oh wow! This is Kingdom Hearts Four by Hojima. The baby Kojima. in the bag is Sora. <laughs> oh my gosh! Looking forward Blew to it though. Mind. Looking forward to it. I, I definitely can't wait to check out more on Death Stranding. But you know what that music means, guys? It is time for a little oh, kickstart. My heart. Yeah. And I know we're excited. For World of Warcraft Classic, Sean, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're excited for that one, right? Uh, yeah. It's all you've been talking about for the past couple of weeks. Couldn't get you to That's shut up about it. That's all I ever talk about, Brian. It's annoying. I know, I know. Couldn't couldn't get you to shut up about it. But, but this next one, woo! this looks good. It does look good. I found on Kickstarter a cyberpunk MMO that's being designed in both virtual reality and non-virtual reality. So you can play it in VR if you want to, or you can just play it on your PC. And you will start your life as a legendary hero in a dynamic, player-driven MMO inspired by your favorite JRPGs and anime series. It's called... You know what this is, Brian? What is it called? What is it, Sean? The Oasis. No, no. It's called Zenith. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> and, yeah, as I said, Zenith is a MMO inspired by anime and JRPGs where millions of players can play, socialize, and create their own unique experience together. Fight, craft, explore, and live in the first cross-platform VR MMO. Forge alliances and friendships and guilds and parties, participate in epic raids and world events, or go blaze your own path. Become forever immortalized in a world that will become as important as the real one. If you don't have VR yet, as I said, you can play it on your desktop as well. Let's talk the gameplay. So the developers of the game said they grew up playing games like Final Fantasy, Chrono Trigger, and more recently Nier Automata. They love Sword Art Online, Castle in the Sky, and other classic anime. They religiously read books like Snow Crash, Ready Player One, and Rainbow's End. So they wanted to incorporate all of these aspects into the game. And I think that they've done a pretty good job doing that. Zenith is a dynamic living world. They want the life that you live in Zenith to feel as visceral as your real life. That's why they've invested so much time and energy into crafting the environment to be visually striking and beautiful. They have a lot of technology going on to this. Like the graphics look phenomenal. I don't know if you guys are looking at the GIFs moving or like the pictures that they're showing, but the graphics for this MMO look actually incredible. Like I'm, I'm yeah. really surprised to see what they were able to do with this. And uh, they have a lot of character customization, obviously in class customization because it is an MMO. So they have to have different things that you can do. But they said here that you can play your character exactly as you want. 
Instead of, the, uh, instead of the typical holy trinity of tank, DPS, and healer, every class in Zenith can become each role, depending on which skills you equip. Want to play the role of a paladin, or maybe a mage tank? The choice is yours. Customize your character's looks with a variety of different facial features, Zenith will feature full-body avatars and animations. No floaty heads and hands typically seen in VR games, which actually also is really cool. So if you play in VR, you'll be able to see your full body, except obviously your face, because that would be impossible unless you look in the mirror. I can also, see my face. Eh, well, again, looking in the mirror, right? <laughs> I mean, can you do it without a mirror? I yeah, can't yeah, see yeah. my face in the mirror. You can't see your face in the mirror? That means you're a vampire. Oh my gosh, Frank. That sucks. I love garlic. <laughs> you're Italian. You can't be an Italian vampire. <laughs> <laughs> Everything you eat will burn your mouth. How do you live? I'm sorry, buddy. Looking through this, what do you think of this, Sean? Being, being another big MMO player like myself, what do you think of Zenith? Dude, it looks good. I just want to see more of the world. I, I want to see like what they're going to do and how you're going to venture out. What is the premise of the game? Are you are you going out to kill things to get materials? Are you right. trying what's, to establish commerce within the city? Like what's what's the motivating factor to be in this existence? Because believe it or not, even games that like you just exist in, I still want to know what the motivating factor is to be doing things. Like Animal Crossing, yeah, I want to make bells and I want to have relationships with the townsfolk. Okay, you know, Minecraft, yeah, I want to go out there and make something. You know what yeah. I mean? It, it kind of sounds like Anthem a little bit. Like there's just one bastion and then the whole world's kind of crap, which sounds great. But what's is there a threat? Is there a threat within the city where you have to go out and actually like, you know, tame the world to to go back and whoop somebody I, I don't know but the game does remind me of a lot of like ready player one where it's a lot of social aesthetic and that sounds really cool and yeah i'm, I'm super excited man this is the closest i've ever come to wanting to pledge to something on kickstarter though i just i want to know the difference between the vr and the desktop and i i think it'll just that i that think, I think it'll time. just be the fact that you're playing it in vr or not i mean i don't think there'll be anything different Maybe there will. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it says, um, you know, I think I read something in the Kickstarter where there's a separate class for desktop players or something like that. I'm not 100%. Let's see here. Xena will be playable on desktop PC. All backers will receive a, both a VR version and a desktop version of the game. Uh, play Zenith in the same world as your VR counterparts. The desktop gaming experience will feature a completely different play style and a, and different, a different class. class. Okay, there you go. You're right. You're right. So, I mean, those are things that I want to see because I'm going to be a desktop player. Oh, I would be, too. I would be, too, because I don't own a, a VR headset on PC at the, at the time. Wow, so. the early bird actually requires an NDA. Nice. I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised because you probably are going to be seeing a lot of the game that they don't want revealed to the public initially. You know what I mean? Uh, wow. Yeah. I mean, good for it, though, because then you're going to actually be able to to have some good story and, and mechanics that they probably are hoping are surprises, which yeah. sounds great. And not only that, but you'll actually have like real players in there. How many people was that tier four? Well, the, the, the early bird is for limited 300, but anybody can get into the early bird um, in general for, for $10 more. If oh, you want I, I, I see. So the epic one is still available. Uh, it's 80 bucks and that'll get you X. Oh, anything above that. So right now we have a couple hundred people that have pledged to those tiers where you will sign an NDA. So that's a couple hundred people that they'll be able to get real feedback from that aren't developers of the game so that they can actually, you know, help shape this and tool this into an experience that we as MMORPG players actually want to play. 
And for me, what I really think is cool about this, and I kind of wish I had an Oculus Rift or a Vive or some type of VR headset, they they specifically mentioned Sword Art Online. Like this is the closest we have right now to an experience like Sword Art Online, where it is this MMO that is set in virtual reality. I ever since Sword Art Online came out, I wanted to play an MMO in VR, like a VR MMORPG. This is the first one that I think that we're actually going to get close with. So by the time this this is they're saying potentially August 2020 for a release date or a release window, I would love to have a VR for my PC by that time so I could experience this in VR. Is PlayStation VR compatible with PC at all? No, because I would probably say that's the cheapest way to get in on this. Oh, it's VR absolutely right. the cheapest way, but it's only it only works on PlayStation. What is Emmy Evans doing on this? What is who? Emmy Evans. Emmy Evans is doing the uh, the vocals for the the tracks that have vocals in it, just like she does for Nier Automata and a lot of the stuff that Keiji Okabe composes. Okay, because I heard the main theme, and the main theme was just instrumental, so I was like, okay. Yeah, no, I, I don't know that uh, I don't know that the vocals are part of that, but that was another reason why this one appealed to me so much because I love her vocals. Like anything that she did for Nier and Nier Automata, anything that she's been a part of, I think Emmy Evans is a great singer. And the fact that if you listen to BG Mania, especially when we have gone in depth with Nier Automata in the past, she created the language that basically they speak in that game, like because her vocals are not in any language. It's it's uh, just I understood every word that she had to say that. Well, it's chaos. Yeah, I can feel it in my heart. It's 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 chaos language. It's not a real language. It's she literally made that up in terms of the vocals. And it was amazing. And she, just what she's able to do with every track that she's featured on. It brings literally shivers and goosebumps to my body. Like, I'm excited to hear what she actually does for the soundtrack. And the fact that they reached out and got her for this because they're fans of Nier and Nier Automata is also really impressive to me. Like this, love, this studio feels like Brian, the studio. <laughs> I would love for her to have like an actual regular CD and every song she had was just in her own chaos language. So like, just, just, It'd be realize, amazing. It, it, just realize that she's just a crazy person in general. It'd be amazing. But, but a crazy person who can sing. Freaking beautiful. Like, well, like, like, like for, for her to do an interview and she'd be like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> freaking beautiful. Like, that would be amazing. Uh. But, That'd be awesome. Yeah, Kyle made a comment in Discord like that this game really looks like Brian the game. And it, like I said, this, this, like this team really is me. Like if I was making a game, I would probably reach out to her to do vocals for tracks because I, I love her. I enjoy her work. I am very much inspired by Final Fantasy, Chrono Trigger, Nier, all these types of games. Like I love MMOs. I like Sword Art Online. I like anime. It's like this. This is something that I'm very much intrigued by. And I cannot wait to see what they do. I cannot wait to see what they do. I would, Can we I would get love, I would a stretch like goal of game. adding? Yeah, yeah. Let's get a stretch goal of adding Brian in the game, or if it, no. the, the least, I'll settle for my neighbor Totoro. I don't want to be in the game. Something. What if What if Totoro was just sitting there at a bus stop? That'd be cool. Like in the city somewhere. I'd be probably, down with that. They probably couldn't license that. I mean, that'd probably cost some money, you know. Yeah, yeah. But it would be great. It would we'll, be great. We'll just color him a little bit different. We'll pull a Motorola. We'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, Motorola. <laughs> yeah, Motor Motorola. Exactly. <laughs> my neighbor Motorola. <laughs> they were only looking for twenty five thousand dollars for this game though and they shattered their goal still with 32 days to go it's only been on kickstarter for a couple days they, they shattered it in four hours yeah no no so they, they, they fully funded funding it in the rest I, I, I want to know who's funding the rest of the game i want to know who's behind this because you because you know for a fact this game wasn't going to cost them twenty five thousand dollars to make oh my gosh dude no way Th this game no is way this game is hundreds of thousands if not millions of dollars worth of investment so 
Uh, the cool thing is, though, as, uh, still 32 days to go. They're sitting at $162,407 as a time of recording. They're, they're easily going to surpass a couple hundred thousand. Like, we're going to have yeah. to keep an eye on the stretch goals because the stretch goals, they've already funded several of their stretch goals, including, you know, adding more familiars, uh, ramen, which is funny, player vendors, player housing, and transmog to the game. Uh, the next stretch goal is at 200,000. They're going to add a new playable race. And from there, who knows? Maybe we will get like PS4 versions or something like that in the future where PlayStation VR could be supported in work. Ooh, that'd be cool. But keep an eye on it. It's called Zenith. It's on Kickstarter. Uh, check it out. Uh, I think that we are very intrigued by this and, and what it could potentially be. That sound right there means we have slipped Uh-oh. into the bonus stage. For newcomers, what the bonus stage consists of is a series of five questions. Whomever is the first to shout out their name after I finish asking the question and then deliver the correct answer within three seconds gets the point. If you guess and get it wrong, the others have a chance to answer once. If everyone is incorrect, we move on. The person with the most amount of points at the end of bonus stage gets to deliver the final address before the outro. Should we just skip the questions and just give Frank the win? No, no, absolutely not. I mean, it's probably... I'm going to give the handicap to Sean. I'm going to... Let you answer first each time. Oh, gosh. Okay. Oh, is that All true? Right. You're going to do that? So I, I don't even have to wait. Like, Sean just gets to go first regardless. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give Sean first cracks. Okay. This is my this is my charitable week. <laughs> You're a generous man, Frank. Do, do you want to give him any point to any point leads or no? No, I think that's more than enough right there. Um... Maybe like a four point lead. He gets four points and you have to get all five correct to win. <laughs> Kyle, I know you're listening. Make sure you Let's play along. It. Make sure you play along and see if you would have won if you were here, Kyle. Question number one. And Sean, you get to go first regardless. I don't even have to wait for you guys to to, to shout out your name. Question number one. Going by the first year it officially released in the world, what was the first 16-bit video game console? Sean. (laughs) You don't have to say Sean. Sean. (laughs) You asked me the first 16-bit console? Correct. Oh, the Commodore. No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, gosh, this is hard, dude, because I'm trying to think. Nintendo was 8-bit, right? The NES was 8-bit. So yeah, si- yeah. Si- the 16-bit Super... is, the, is the second generation. Okay. What, what um, was the first one that released in that generation? I, I'm going to go with Sega Genesis. That is incorrect. Yep, Frank? See, there you go, Frank. Uh, the Super Nintendo. That is also incorrect. Is, is it Turbo Graphics? It is. <laughs> uh, you know, oh! I, was, I was split on that one in my head. I know for sure it wasn't Sega, though. No, no. The TurboGrafx-16 released in Japan on October 30th, 1987. The Sega Genesis was released one year later on October 29th, 1988. By this time, the SNES was still two years away. It didn't release in Japan until 1990. Dang it. So, so the TurboGrafx-16 came out first. But Frank initially said SNES, so we're still at zero points for, for question number one. Moving on to question number two. Sean, remember, you get to answer first every single time. All right. Who was the first video game character to get their own brand of cereal? Frank. Okay. <laughs> you probably know it, though. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, man. Pac-Man. In- incorrect and incorrect as well. Mario got it before Pac-Man? No, Donkey Kong got it before really? Pac-Man. Really? That's a good question. Wow. That's a good question, Brian. Donkey Kong cereal released in 1982 and was sold by Ralston. The Pac-Man cereal that you're thinking of was released in 1983. Yeah, I knew it was an early one. Wow, that, that's a very good question. And Ralston also makes Purina, so that's the little fun thing there. <laughs> yeah, Donkey Kong came before uh, Pac-Man that, and it was, and was sold question. through 1989. Uh, that's awesome. I'm going to add that to my mental repertoire of things. You impress me sometimes with the questions you get. Based on the same line of thinking, though. 
Who was the, uh, what, not who, what was the first video game to ever be given away in a box of cereal? Uh-oh. Mm, Mario. Mario Brothers. No, Frank. No. Pong. No, and I actually <laughs> thought maybe you would get this, Frank. I thought maybe you would get this. The answer is Chex Quest, which is a non-violent oh first-person shooter. It's a non-violent first-person shooter stuffed in boxes of checks as a promotion in 1996. It was released on PC and DOS. Awesome. But do you know why I thought you would get this? Four days ago, the Angry Video Game Nerd did a latest his latest video on Checks Quest. I haven't seen the video yet, but I have it in my, my I have it in my watch later uh, playlist. Which is where I got the question from. Son of, well, that's awesome. Because I actually do have a copy of Checks Quest. I bet you it's in my mother's house. And with all the discs that we yeah. have. Yep. Yeah. Checks quest. So wow. we're, we're still at zero points. Question number four. Question number four. Oh, man. Which means that we are uh, we're not going to have a winner. I'm going to have to do an easy question for a, a, a tiebreaker because I don't think. Well, you guys are either. <laughs> number four, four and five are harder than the first three. That's oh, OK. Oh, I'm okay, get this. OK. Don't question number four. What is the oldest PC game still getting updates released in the modern era? EverQuest. No. Dang it. Frank. Doom. No. The answer is NetHack, released in July of 1987. The last update came on April 27th of 2018. So that game is still being updated as of last year. Holy crap. All right. I really hope still at zero points. I hope you get this, Sean. Still, neither one of you are going to get this. I thought for sure one of you would have got the first three. That way that these questions could have just been fun questions that were hard. Uh, Question number five. So I'm having fun. No, absolutely. Question number five. What game featured the very first female playable character? Oh, my gosh. What? Uh, Frank. Frank, go for it. No, Frank, the game. Sean, you concede? You have to give up your turn. Yeah, you concede. All right. Um, Oregon Trail. (laughs) (laughs) No. Miss Pac-Man? No. It was uh, an arcade game released in 1985 by Taito called Typhoon Gal. Say what? <laughs> which was a fighting game. Oh, good for her. That Typhoon Gal, is, she's all up on it. Although, when did this Pac-Man come out? February 3rd, 1982. But is Pac-Man she a female? Is she like a female? Miss Pac-Man. I mean... You know, yes. I could call myself Miss Shunzi and throw a bow on my head. It doesn't mean that. <laughs> That's because it's in 2019 and everything's been thrown out by the wayside. <laughs> you know what? I, I got I got this from from a from a reputable source. Frank wins. But we could just give it to Frank. For Frank wins Pac-Man. or we riot. We could just give it to Frank for Miss Pac-Man because that that did release before, and I and I I mean it is technically a girl, right? I wonder if they didn't yeah. give it to Miss Pac-Man because of like the ambiguous features um, of Pac-Man. I, I looked it up just so that I wasn't taking anything here. Um, it's not Miss Pac-Man. Miss Pac-Man uh, is accepted as the first female protagonist, but if we want to be semantics, Ladybug was a character in 1981, the first female protagonist in a video game from Giant Bomb. I, I don't want. To, I don't want. I don't want to take another technicality. Uh, okay. There's, there's, no, 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 no. Okay. There, there's, there, there's my source just to show you that. She is except this female. Miss Pac-Man is accepted as the first female protagonist, but there is someone who came before her. Okay, so okay. we'll so okay, we'll, okay. We'll, we'll default to a bonus question then, since we're still at Which zero. Which I will be ringing it on because it's not the time to question. 
Yeah, so let me let me find one here. Hang on. A famous person, I guess is the only way I can describe it without giving him away, used to submit his high scores for Tetris to Nintendo Power. He wasn't able to submit it by his real name because they stopped taking his submissions. So he had to reverse his name. Who is this person? Randy Savage! <laughs> Do either of you know it. this one? No. Damn, I thought you would know that one. Sean, you don't know it either. Uh, no, I don't. All right, it was uh, uh, Steve Wozniak, who used to submit his name under uh, Ebbets Kanezal. Oh, okay, okay. The Woz. I thought was common knowledge, so let me try to find something different. I would have thought it was Randy Savage, so that's <laughs> really kind of... Tito Santana. <laughs> <laughs> what is Mario's last name? Mario. <laughs> Plumber. No, it's Mario Mario. Well, that's stupid. <laughs> Mario Mario. <laughs> All right. Yes, it did. All right. All right. Are, here we go. Are, are you ready? Here we go. Yeah. Are you ready? Again, insanely easy. For the tiebreaker, what does Mario jump on after completing a level? Frank. Sean. Frank. Black pole. Sean, why weren't you faster than that? <laughs> I thought I thought I said it beforehand. I was, but I was gonna play it. You, were, you yeah. were literally three seconds behind him. <laughs> oh my gosh, man. Oh, the delay is killing you. Frank, you win. Yeah, it's got me. You win. Yeah! You, technically, you, you technically, I mean, beat me anyway because you had a better answer for the first female playable character in Miss Pac-Man, but we had to give it to you on a on a better question, so uh you, you win bonus stage. Congratulations, Frank. You are the bonus stage champion of Level Down Games and get to deliver the closing remarks. Yeah, what are our final words this week? We keep on plugging away at it, and I just want to you know, keep using my time for a good cause. Uh, definitely check out the uh, Streamwork Alliance uh, charity stream we have going here. It's going to be uh, September 21st and 22nd. It's definitely going to a good cause. Uh, I'm sure Brian will talk about it again shortly, but uh, it's you know we want to help these kids out. Definitely, definitely a good thing. Have you made your coasters yet? I absolutely have, uh, and we'll be putting them up soon. We want to check those out. Uh, we'll be raffling them off uh, for charity. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, going to be a lot of fun. Going to be a lot of fun. But that is going to do it for this week. We want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of Max Level Made Possible by LevelDownGames.com. And thanks again to Dance with the Dead for all the awesome music. Also, shout out once again to PosterBurner.com. And do not forget to head on over to PosterBurner.com forward slash LDG to get an additional 10% off of your order. Again... That's posterburner.com forward slash LDG. Regardless of the podcast service you're listening through, be sure to show your support by leaving a rating and a review, especially if you're listening through Apple Podcasts. We'd also be grateful if you could drop on over to our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com forward slash Leveled on Games and subscribe to us there. And if you haven't already, while you're at it, hit up twitch.tv forward slash Leveled on Games and click that follow button. Uh, as Frank just mentioned, if you want to follow someone that is live often on twitch.tv, Bruce underscore deduce. That's B-R-U-C-E underscore D-E-D-E-U-C-E. Check him out streaming in multitude of different games every Tuesday, every Thursday, and every Saturday or Sunday. And yes, please, 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 September 21st and September 22nd, keep an eye out for his charity event. It's going to be hopefully a lot of fun for everyone involved. Multiple streamers involved. It should be fun. It's going to be huge. 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 Stalking us on social media is perfectly acceptable. Twitter is going to basically be the place to do so. Check the description box for the appropriate links. Until next week, keep gaining experience until you reach... Max! 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 Get that crap. We are just hours away from Warcraft Classic, baby! Woo! Very good. Very good. Hours away. Hours away. Very competitive person, but I'll. <laughs>